0: Hi, this is Bert, and thanks for joining us for the Season Gaming BitCast. I'm here joined with Ainsley Bowden, my friend and colleague. Good morning. Uh, Today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently than our normal format. Um, After the big uh, E3 conference, we usually try to have a uh, a follow-up of what we liked, what we didn't like. So we're going to be kind of going away from our normal format of news, developer news, and um, all the stuff we're collecting, and even our season reflections are going to take a break for this week. Um, So this week we're going to talk mainly about what we liked, what we didn't like from E3. Uh, We've had three um, uh, BitCasts in a row that have kind of talked about E3, so this will kind of close out E3 for the most part. We might touch on it here and there, uh, but this will be kind of a closeout of E3. But before we get started from E3, we had some big news come this week from a developer that a lot of people are pretty excited about, um, and it's a big win for the gamers. Um, IOI Interactive is officially an independent studio. Um, they did leave from Square Enix. If you guys remember the Hitman series, it's kind of a big win for us. Um, a lot of people loved it. It is kind of a beloved series in general, but the most recent one did get a lot of new gamers. So uh, this is kind of a big win for them. Uh, they have the full rights to the Hitman series. So hopefully we'll be seeing something new from them in the near future following that up, if not other franchise that they work with. What are your thoughts on that, Ainsley? Kind of a big win for us.
1: Yeah, I, I- you know there was questions whether or not that io interactive was going to actually retain the rights uh you know because we've seen some companies before bigger publishers like square enix you know hold on to the rights to a series and then that developer kind of gets left out in the cold so this is good um you know they, as you said they announced yesterday they were pretty excited about being officially independent and uh hopefully you know we'll still see hitman 2 next year
0: yeah they did the kind of the episodic format to hitman which ended up being a, a big a big uh choice that ended up being good for us uh, a lot of people like the first one you could kind of test out the first episode so i'm interested to see if part two or, or the follow-up is going to have the same episodic stuff but i love the last one so for people that were fans of it uh this should be a big win for you we were kind of worried that we weren't going to see any more hitman with a screen it's kind of not shuttering them up but pretty much uh saying that it's not a focus for them at the moment so Good news for everybody. Um, So let's go ahead and move over to our E3 discussion. um, And just to follow you up and with what we've covered before, we had kind of our predictions, which was episode two. We had a special edition episode last uh, weekend that was just kind of our quick fire. And we had kind of a contest between the the editors. Uh, We're going to be giving you those answers on who got the most, a little bit more in the future. But with the crazy week that we've had of E3, we're going to kind of go over uh, what we liked, what we didn't like, and we have some questions ahead. So you want to kick us off, Ains, on our um, on our questions for this week for E3? Yeah,
1: so we'll start with uh, EA. EA was the first conference over the weekend, and they showed a few things that were expected and uh, a couple that weren't. So, uh, you know, we touched on Need for Speed and a previous bitcast, but that was uh, a big highlight of their show was Need for Speed Payback. So they showed uh, a full mission, which was incredibly uh, reminiscent of Fast and Furious, as kind of was rumored when we first saw the game. And then we also saw... Um, <clears throat> some of the customization that they're putting in the, in the game, uh, in terms of, you know, what you can find and how you can really kind of suit vehicles up, which is another focus of the title. So, I mean, as I said before, I haven't been a huge fan of Need for Speed lately. You know, there were some of the titles that I loved over the years. I am kind of 50, 50 on this one. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the fast and furious movies either. So I don't know if I'm going to be uh, the the right audience for the whole kind of overly dramatic action scenes uh you know in this need for speed that said i did like um in the mission when they were driving and they were kind of ramming the vehicles off the road and it did the slow motion crashes almost reminiscent of burnout right so i thought that was pretty cool and uh, you could probably be a lot of fun if you were just playing with that but like i said before with uh with titles like you know horizon 3 out there which is just amazing open world and then serious titles like uh motorsport and uh, project cars i I don't know if this is going to be one that I necessarily get into.
0: Yeah, um, we'll start with Need for Speed. Um, I'll follow up on that really quick. So I'm kind of the same way. I'm kind of over um, all of the Need for Speed type games, even though that movie franchise is still doing amazing worldwide. um, I'm kind of over it when it comes to games. We've seen kind of nothing but that from Need for Speed games for the past uh, few series. Um, If they have some kind of fun mechanics and stuff while racing, Uh, Maybe I'll pick it up, but I have a feeling this will be a bargain bin game for me. Um, However, I do know that the Need for Speed series is sold pretty well. So um, I'm assuming that 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 group of gamers will still pick it up. Um, One thing I do want to mention about the E3 uh, EA conference that I didn't like um, already was the way they opened up. They had that kind of cheesy um, EA Sports Madden uh, opening where they came out with the drums and everybody was wearing the Tom Brady jerseys, which was great to start out with. Um, but when you follow it up with, um, kind of the cheesy intro, I was not a fan of it. I actually would give E3, um, EA one of the, the lamest, uh, this year. So I was not a big fan of most of it, but there was, a, there was some positive stuff, and I'll get to that in a second.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. The opening was kind of silly. Um, you know, especially being the first conference, everyone's excited about E3 and, you know, ready to go. And we're watching this, and it's like, uh, this is not how you really want to kick this off. But, you know, um, Looking at more positive things, so we'll kind of go game by game here, I think. So, um, you know, one of the new things that no one expected was an EA Original. So the uh, executive VP for EA there touched on EA Originals. They're programmed to, you know, kind of uh, support some more independent developers or smaller developers and getting published uh, under the EA banner. And they showed a game called A Way Out, which is uh, the next game from the uh, gentleman who made Brothers of, uh, what is it, Tale of Two Sons, I believe? Yep, that would be uh, it. Okay, so, um, you know, co-op game where you can kind of control two characters at the same time from two different perspectives. And this got a lot of press. Uh, It looked really impressive. Um, You know, the the story and brothers was kind of touching. So there's an expectation here that it'll be the same in this game. And uh, I thought it looked pretty cool. You know, maybe one that I definitely get into. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be really cool. Co-op. The, uh, the when the developer came out and kind of the guy the spokesperson for it was talking more about couch co-op and how much fun that could be. Um, we always talk about how couch co-op's been kind of gone for the like even maybe even the last two generations of gaming. Um, there's been a few of them that are fun. It looks really cool. I did hear him say online co-op a couple times during that conference, but at the same time, it came back to couch co-op only. So I think we need some clarity on exactly what you're going to get from the online co-op. Um, however, the art style of that game and the, the fact that you can kind of see two different um, situations going on and what's going on around you looked really cool. So I, I hope that that ends up being good and it doesn't end up being limited to people now have moving on to the online-only co-op um, and wanting to have more of that versus the couch co-op. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm kind of interested to see how the audience and, and we as consumers respond to it.
1: Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting. Um, but yeah, that looks good. Um, then they got a, they kind of got into some of their bigger titles, right? The known ones. So the biggest, I would think, this year, obviously, is Star Wars Battlefront Two. Um, I, we touched on this before, right? Wasn't a huge fan of Battlefront One. I. I thought it was a little shallow. Uh, didn't have a lot of content, and I didn't really uh, do too much with that. I've been looking forward to this one, and I got to say, this looks just simply incredible. Um, we're at the point now, you know, especially on the higher level consoles, higher NPCs, where graphics are just. Unreal, and uh, this this definitely showed it. So, it looks uh, like you know Battlefield One with the Battlefront Two skin on it, meaning that it's huge, large scale battles, vehicles, uh, just a whole lot going on. We saw some of the heroes in Darth Maul and uh, and Ray, and uh, what else? Um, something I'm forgetting here. Oh, the class structure. You know how you can kind of uh, modify your class and and level that up. So this just looks. I thought it looked fantastic.
0: Yeah, I thought the same thing, um, I'm, and I'm with you with the Battlefront thing. I think we played it. I thought I think we all said it looked cool, but when it came down to longevity of Battlefront One, we really didn't see ourselves playing that for a long time. Um, but Battle seeing Battlefield uh, Front Two. Uh, play looked just great and and the uh, type of players you could play. I remember we, the first thing that they opened with was playing as the droids and um, being able to fight stormtroopers and stuff and And the and the type of ships you could fly around and kill with it looked like a battlefield one battle going on But in the Star Wars universe which people are just gonna love and I just hope that um, They have that each class has the depth that you could do a lot of things with not just constant leveling up with You know, maybe a gun scope or something but a lot more to it. It looks awesome um, and we'll see what else they bring us. One thing that was really cool about that is the fact that they were constantly saying free content coming after you by the game. So hopefully that means that they're doing away with the big season pass stuff that EA's been kind of notorious for. Um, but we'll see. It looks awesome. I can't wait for it either. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot. But yeah, they they you know did say that they're going to keep the player base together. So I mean that pretty much you know insinuates that. The- Season Pass is going away, so that's great news, you know, we, we've been talking about that for a long time now, so uh, we just need Call of Duty to follow suit, and we may be in good shape. Um, so, you know, Battlefield 1, since we kind of mentioned it, they touched on that as well, they've got, uh, uh, what is it, Novell Knights, coming in June, which is going to be like a night version of the maps, uh, which looks actually kind of interesting, it sounds simple, but, you know, when you think about how large those battles are, and uh, the type of weaponry you're using that could really make things interesting. But the big expansion is coming later this year, called In the Name of the Czar, and that's going to add uh, what they say six maps actually instead of four this time. I think it's
0: a- yeah, yeah. It's going to be bigger, and there's kind of a bigger push to the new units that are coming with it, with the all-women's platoon that's in, in the game as well. I think a lot of people were excited when that was mentioned. So a lot of new content coming. It looks really good. Yeah, uh, the Women's Battalion of Death. Right. So yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, really interesting. So that that's good stuff as well. Um, But I mean, you know, uh, Battlefield will carry on for years as it usually does. Right. But they do do a good job with the expansions there. The expansions really having some meaty content. So that that's good. Um, So they touched on uh, what all their sports titles as usual. Right. And I know you and I really don't get too heavy into these, but Madden uh, for the first time will have a story mode uh, similar to what FIFA started last year. And it looked kind of interesting, right? Look like you're kind of a kid in a Southern football program that, you know, will hopefully kind of play through that story and eventually make the pros. So I don't know if that's something that sports games, you know, it seems like EA is trying to push that uh, angle with sports games where it actually has a story mode that you can play through to add some uh, variety to how sports games are played. I don't know. I think it's a pretty cool concept. I don't really, I don't really know how you add, uh, meaningful single player content to sports games if you don't do something like this so i kind of applaud them for trying something new um but i i you know i'm not a big madden fan but i would imagine for fans that could that could be fun to play through
0: yeah the sports games in general i've kind of moved away from with all the other type of stuff that exists however to your point i think that people the developers have to do that to keep people tuned in you can't just have a new skin or a new franchise mode that adds you know buying hot dogs at the stands now or something you have to kind of have um something to evolve from so i think it looks cool um, i'm glad ea is doing more with their uh, madden franchise instead of keeping it still since they have the license and prevent anybody else from making an nfl game but uh, we'll see more and as as we as we kind of uh like to play the nhl games you know some of that look kind of cool just out front so
1: yeah and as a as a hockey fan you know they showed uh, madden they showed fifa they showed nba live they didn't show nhl so you know that, uh, yeah. that annoyed me a little bit, but I understand it is what it is. The the uh, audience for that game is a lot smaller than the other one. So um, on FIFA, you know, similar thing. They're, they're continuing that single-player um, campaign-like story, so the journey continues, what they're calling it. And then with NBA Live, they're doing some unique things as well, including like a five-on-five uh, outdoor basketball. So they're kind of uh, including not necessarily NBA Street, but uh, kind of a more... Um, you know, less serious mode in that game as well. So we'll see how that does. But we'll move on to the huge announcement from EA. Uh, They only gave the teaser for it, and then they let Microsoft unveil it fully the following day. But we got to see Anthem for the first time. So this is the game that BioWare has been working on for a few years now, the team that made the original Mass Effect trilogy. And um, we'll talk more about this. But, um, yeah, uh, this is one that's created if not the most hype out of E3, it's definitely up there. So, uh, like I said, we'll touch on that with Microsoft stuff. But I, that was one that uh, I was
0: anxious to see and uh, looks stunning. Yeah, I'm with you. And one thing to touch on on the, on the EA Sports games before I talk about Anthem is that they did show off the Switch FIFA, which um, people have been kind of interested to see if it's even near what the other console power stuff is. And when they were showing people demoing it at E3, they were saying it looks exactly the same. Uh, However, I don't know if it's side-by-side going to be the same, but they said it's really playable. Um, You have everything you need from it, so that's kind of cool from Switch. Um, Anthem, from the the teaser trailer that they showed that they mentioned they would talk more about at Microsoft, I was blown away right there. Um, And like I said, we'll talk more, or like you said, we'll talk more about it when we talk about Microsoft. But it was was kind of a cool, I don't know if you'd consider it a mic drop moment, but it was a cool exit out of the EA uh, conference that I felt was overall pretty poor. Yeah, and thanks
1: for uh, mentioning FIFA on the Switch too. I had forgot about that. Um, so if I recall correctly, I, I have been following that a little bit. So it's it is FIFA eighteen. It does have um, Ultimate Team, which is a one of the most you know liked features of the modern EA games. So that's good news. But it is not running on the Frostbite engine like uh, you know the PS four and Xbox One versions. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I hope it's good. You know, as we've kind of said all along, is that you know being able to play any of these games, any of the modern console games on the go with the switch is just awesome so still a big win i think so uh do we want to move to microsoft either they were next yeah, let's on, do it. Uh, okay let's do it. Let's, let's let's get ready for all the hate comments probably going to get on it so i might as well prepare ourselves. <laughs> so microsoft uh you know was next on sunday and they were one of the most anticipated conferences simply because they're unveiling new hardware right so anytime there's a new hardware unveil uh, they get a lot of focus. So we now know Scorpio, which we were all wrong about on the name and the date, you know, we didn't do too good there, but, uh, Xbox one X, um, X one X is, you know, what a lot of people are calling it, but, uh, you know, not a, I'm kind of indifferent on the name. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Doesn't really, it doesn't really matter to me, but coming out November 7th, uh, at 499 so kind of the price that we assumed right bird i think a lot of people assume 499 i don't a lot of us were wishing for 3.99 but we're also realistic there's just too much technology too much power in that box to realistically put it on the market at 399 so um they they opened with it you know they got it out right in front of everyone they had the uh, lead engineer come out and talk about it briefly, and then they just went into games and games and games and games. They showed more games at their conference um, than any other conference by far. In fact, I think they showed something like double what Sony showed, 42 games in total, if I recall. So um, I was really, really impressed. As someone who uh, was going to get Scorpio or Xbox One X no matter what, uh, just because I, I buy all new hardware, Um, the price doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I'm probably going to write an editorial on why I think it's still a bargain and I don't understand why, uh, some people are surprised or outraged at $4.99, but, um, yeah, they, they, to me, they really showed why this console was, uh, was something special and what it would mean to, uh, to the games that we'll touch on, uh, shortly here. What do you think of, uh, the X?
0: Yeah, so I, I, I'm really excited for it. Um, I'm also going to buy, we, we both buy all hardware for um, all consoles and all, all makers. So we, we are excited about that. Um, I want to touch really quick on Microsoft's presentation. I thought overall was, was one of the best from a presentation standpoint. So they came out, they had the massive 4K screen behind them. Um, they showed a ton of content and, and the overall layout was really sleek to me. Um, we'll kind of touch on the other conferences and how their performance as far as layout was. I from the big names, I thought it was the best one. um just how all the colors were looking really good, the big screen. um, they didn't have as many technical issues or if any, compared to some of the other ones. So I thought that was really good for starting. Um, the other the other thing you mentioned is the cost. Um, I really don't understand people's hate or um, mention about the cost. I mean, there are video cards for PC that costs more than the entire console that comes with a controller and ready to plug and play um, with your existing Xbox consoles. Um, there are other things that are just kind of silly. A lot of people on social media were talking about, well, your phone that you're complaining about on Twitter or Facebook or whatever about the cost costs over $300 more than the actual console that you're you're, you're talking about. So I'm not going to you know, respond to too much of the, the fanboy comments, whether it be from Nintendo or Sony or anything. I'm just going to say it's kind of silly to make a big deal out of hardware. Um, from a hardware perspective, if you're looking only at hardware and nothing else, um, 500 bucks is a bargain um, altogether for, for that console. Um, from the negative side of where are the games and everything, I really don't have much to say about that. If you're a Sony guy, you're going to be sticking with your titles and you're going to find some negativity from what's coming out. Um, However, just keep in mind that the majority of software that's sold for both consoles are cross-platform games. So before you start, you know, talking about all the exclusives or lack of exclusives that one console has over the other, keep in mind that most consoles don't really outsell their um, cross-platform games with exclusives, so um, in general. But um, as you mentioned, you're going to write an article as to why it's worth the 500 bucks, and I'm sure you'll touch on some of the game stuff, so... Um, overall, uh, things were great. Um, I, I guess we can start talking about the exclusives that were mentioned um, from Microsoft. That And a lot of people were also complaining about the, the term timed exclusive or console launch exclusive that was mentioned at Microsoft. So let's kind of talk about the official exclusives that are Microsoft. So the first one's Forza Motorsport 7. You have Minecraft um, that is going to get the which I guess is technically an exclusive and it is a Microsoft-owned property. So that's to an extent exclusive, but not really. Um, you have Crackdown 3, that was mentioned and shown um, and that did get a launch that we'll talk about a little bit later. Sea of Thieves and State of Decay 2, those are your Microsoft exclusives that are only coming to the Microsoft console um, when it comes to home console games. Yeah, so
1: man, yeah, um... Trying to think on what to touch on first there. So yeah, we won't uh, write an editorial about the price in the comments about that. I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, in terms of the exclusive, so let's go on and go one by one. So Crackdown three, just first of mind. It's going to launch day and date with the console. I think that is quite obviously a, a smart play on Microsoft's part. You know, Crackdown is a franchise that's remembered fondly by. Uh, Xbox players but not necessarily the uh, general population and it hasn't been around for a while so how better to kind of get it in front of people than to say oh you're buying a you know fancy new Xbox One X here's Crackdown 3 on the same day and date so they did get a little uh, flack for showing the single player uh, at the conference which I too kind of felt weird you know they opened with Terry Crews which I thought was hilarious and they have confirmed that he's a playable character in the game so that's even uh, more funny But um, yeah, they showed this kind of almost like comic book style mashup of gameplay. And I thought it looked really good. Um, But, you know, the big thing around Crackdown 3 was the destruction, right? You being able to take entire buildings down and cities down and everything. And they didn't really show any of that. So... Uh Sumo Digital and, um, you know, the developer on the game kind of came out and said that they were showing the single player content in the main conference and they would show some multiplayer, the rest of E3, and they did. Uh, the, you know, there's been some articles highlighting the multiplayer of the game and how all the destruction and the, you know, the leveling of buildings and stuff is still in it. And it looks, uh, I don't know, it looks really impressive. I don't think it's a, simply because of the art direction and the style of the game, I don't think it's a showcase title for the Xbox One X. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those games that's just so much fun to play that you know it doesn't have to be state-of-the-art graphics-wise. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and I'll definitely be picking that up with my ex on uh, November 7th.
0: Yeah, Crackdown looked really cool. Um, there was, as you'd imagine, a lot of hate on it because they only showed the single player. Um, and the game has had kind of a tumultuous, um, I guess, development uh, time. So I-, I was wanting to see more about the destruction as well. Um, I, I can't remember, but have they mentioned how many players it is? Is it five on five, six on six? Has it been mentioned?
1: <laughs> no, and uh, yeah, I was looking to see that too because of our trivia question. We did, but no, I didn't see that either. Okay. Um, I know in the single player campaign they showed like four agents together, so I don't know if that's if that's saying there's you know co-op up to four players in the single player as well. I, I don't know um, if they did talk about it. I, I missed it. I haven't seen.
0: Yeah, it looked really cool, so um, I'm, I, I will probably be picking it up, um, probably wanting to hear a little bit more about what the game offers in general. I'm not just a, um, you know, buy it no matter what type, and I know you're not either, so I think we want to hear a little bit more about what the game has um, and what's coming with it. So it looks really cool so far. I did enjoy the first one a lot. I didn't play the second one as much as the first, so hopefully we'll, we'll see kind of a mishmash of both and new things added for three.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, so Forza, Forza, Motorsport 7, that was kind of interesting, right? I know, you know, we're car guys, so we may have appreciated it more than others, but it was kind of interesting to see Dan Greenwald unveil the new uh, GT2 RS um, on stage for the first time to the world. So that was, you know, he highlighted it, but I can imagine some game-only game, game only guys being like, you know, what the hell was that? So, um, but I thought it was great, especially as a Porsche fan. So it was cool to see that the GT2 RS, the new one, the game looks absolutely incredible, um, which is kind of what we all expected, right? Forza 6 was beautiful. Horizon 3 is beautiful. And knowing that they were going to be uh, putting 7 out in native 4K at 60 frames, um, it didn't disappoint at all. So uh, I've already read a ton of comments on people online saying it was, you know, one of the most beautiful games by far at the show. It won a ton of awards. Um, and I know, uh, you know as usual, Microsoft gets a lot of flack for, for having fours every year, which again, as a car guy and a racing fan, I don't really understand, you know, racing games are, are popular. There's, I think it was turn 10 mentioned. They have something like 6 million players uh, monthly, you know, that log into a fours a game to play. Um, and it's, you know, considered by many to be the best racing franchise. So I don't know. I, I think it's great. I'm looking forward to it. Porsche is included from the start now, um, which is fantastic. It's going to have over 700 cars, like we said, it's native 4K, 60 frames, and it's coming out on October 3rd uh, before the X. So what they said is you can buy it on October 3rd, play it on your standard Xbox One, and then on November 7th, if you're buying the X, you'll have a free update, which will you know give you all the 4K assets and everything else. But um, they talked a little bit about a new career progression mode, and uh, they're going to be revealing some more details later in the year. But if, um, you know, we'll see what that is. But uh, the dynamic weather and the new AI and all that just looked awesome. So... What do you think?
0: Yeah, I was—I'm one of those guys. I was like, I'm taking a break from Forza, the Motorsport series, not the Horizon series, because it's a lot of the same and whatever, whatever. Then I saw a play, and I was like, damn, I'm buying that. But day one. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then one thing I want to touch on regarding Porsche and and why it's important and why it was a big deal to have the Porsche GT2 RS revealed and mentioned at the conference. So, for people that are unaware. Um, they, EA had a license on Porsche to where you weren't allowed to have it in your game um, unless you got permission from them. And then most of the time, EA kind of held it back from most developers, including the Forza series and the Gran Turismo series. So if you have wondered why you haven't been able to race Porsches in either one of those, that's why. Well, that whole relationship did end, I believe it was in 2016, between EA and Porsche. And now um, you're seeing Porsche around other games. You saw it already released in Project Cars. And and the big deal here is Microsoft um, slash Turn 10 has a relationship with Porsche. Now it's not an exclusive relationship, but they are getting some extra abilities to do that. And then uh, in previous news, they also mentioned that Forza Motorsport 7 is going to have kind of some... Uh, professional racers um, from a video game perspective that are going to have kind of a Porsche experience different from the rest of them. So it's a big deal for people that have been looking to play Porsche and other games besides Need for Speeds. So for people that are like, eh, I didn't care, um, you're kind of missing the big deal that happened in that uh, unveil. So it's it's re- we're really excited. Before we had to kind of buy the expansions later on, way after the game released, and it was like for a $20 price tag, um, now it's coming with the game on launch and you and I couldn't be more excited for everybody else. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are excited here.
1: Yeah. And one thing, just to add to that too, is Dan Greenewald mentioned, I saw an interview uh, after the conference and he mentioned that for the first time in history this weekend at the running of Le Mans, they were having a e-sport class within the race that was officially sanctioned. Um, meaning that they were going to run an online race in Forza Motorsport 7 with some of the professional kind of, you know pro players of that game and it was going to actually be a, a sanctioned race so that's really crazy if you think about it you know we <laughs> have a video game race that is being looked at as a real race as far as the standings is concerned so i need to do some more research in that i had never heard that before but i found that just fascinating so
0: Yeah, one thing Uh, I want to mention on that real quick. And so to to kind of give you guys an idea how far gaming has come. So Nissan, um, they do have two different racers that are in real racing that came from the GT Academy, and that's from the Gran Turismo Academy. So, you know, years ago, they were playing Gran Turismo in their living room, own room or whatever, and now they're racing a real car. So um, what they've mentioned is that a lot of the uh, um, reaction times and stuff that you get from gaming in these simulator type games... Um, are being translated really well into the real world. So I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of this and a lot more people are going to pay more attention to it. So I'm sure we'll see more of it. So that's kind of crazy, but cool news. Yeah, no doubt. Uh,
1: another exclusive you're talking about was State of Decay 2. So State of Decay was a, a pretty big hit for the Xbox 360. People loved it. It was a little rough around the edges, but uh, you know, it definitely has a, a core following that loved that game. So I... Didn't really play it too much, only briefly, so I can't not the expert to talk about it. But say the K two from everything I've heard of those fans, uh, you know, looks excellent. It looks to be a much kind of a larger scale game than the first. Um, and what they really like about it is it kind of mimics uh, reality in the sense that you can build your camp and you have to go out and manage resources, and those resources are finite. You know, they don't kind of repopulate. So if you go to a local area and scavenge and you get wood and Ammunition and supplies. If you go back there again, even if it's far later in the game, there's nothing there. So you have to kind of go farther and farther. So it's, I don't know. Uh, you know, Walking Dead kind of gets associated with everything zombie-related nowadays. But it, it seemed almost like that, like the, you have to go out as a group and hunt and kind of find things and then uh, build up your civilization. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be big on this. It seems like a game that'd be a lot more fun with a group of players. And I don't think I have a group of uh, friends that are going to be into the same game. So. Um, but I think for those fans, this one looks really strong. What do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, I also didn't play a lot of State of K1, so I can't really, you know, claim that I'm super excited for part two. And to be honest with you, I'm having a lot of zombie fatigue in general. Um, I'm kind of over the whole zombie rage that a lot of people just loved. Um, when I watched the game, I, I got a lot of Left for Dead vibes from it. Um, however, this one has a lot more of like building up stuff versus just surviving and. and getting from point to point so it looks cool um i like the skin of it i like the way it looks and and feels from what i've seen the more gameplay um if you remember it was just a teaser trailer that came out about what was coming so now we got some gameplay and then more of a longer trailer um so it looks cool i'm 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 very open-minded to seeing how it comes out but i'm not super excited for it as i am for other games so
1: yeah i'm the same uh sea of thieves they did an extended look at they did kind of a whole treasure hunt mission um you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rare. I think this game looks utterly hilarious. Um, th- I've heard countless people say it's a game that you really have to play to understand why so many people love it. You know, if you, if you talk to or, excuse me, listen to any of the people who have uh, played the game, whether it's in, uh, you know, one of the shows or any of the editors at some of the major sites, you hear rave reviews. Um, so I thought it looked really neat. I'm looking forward to it. They finally kind of gave a, a tentative release date of early next year. So spring 2018 seems to be the the hot release time right now. There's a lot more, or many more games we're going to talk about that are supposedly spring 2018. But I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm hoping we can put a group together to play it because it just looks hilarious. And I, I think uh, I think this is going to be one that kind of uh, really builds a following that's going to have a core group of players that just play it, you know, like almost like Destiny, right? Like almost like endlessly, so...
0: Yeah, Sea of Thieves look really cool. As, as we've mentioned in past midcasts, um, it's been kind of one of those things that's been very tight-lipped from people that have actually played the game. So actually being able to see uh, gameplay and stuff looked really cool. It has quite the comedic um, side of it, and, and then the, the narrator kept cracking me up through it a couple times. Um, but with other games coming out this year from the pirate standpoint, this one definitely has a lot more lightheartedness and I, I I might have a little bit more fun with this one than I will with others. So I want to see more of it. Um, I want to see the way it kind of releases from a social aspect. And if you have to have the social aspect, it's going to be pretty fun. If you're looking for a single player only, I think we'll see more of that coming too. So it looks like a lot of fun. Microsoft has a lot riding on it. So I, I hope that it releases the way we're expecting it to.
1: Yeah. And then, um, there was, uh, you know, one thing we can't forget. And I'm kind of, I was sitting here thinking that I know there's a couple other games that are exclusive uh, solely to Xbox One on a console perspective. And I'm wearing the shirt. So Cuphead, <laughs> <laughs> Cuphead, I'm really, really excited for. Um, we talked about this last week. So finally have a release date. We were all wrong about it. I believe you were the closest, though. Um, but September 29th, is coming. Um, there's not much else to say. We've seen this one for a couple years now. Pumped for it. Can't wait for that and then um there was another one as well that i'm trying to remember um we were going to touch on and i can't remember what it was now uh did you say minecraft
0: yeah it was the minecraft 4k thing that they're coming i believe it was called the super duper hd pack is that what it was (laughs) Uh, it it was the super duper graphics pack graphics pack yeah that's what it was Yeah. yeah and
1: uh you know, we, we kind of laugh because Minecraft, but I, I don't know if anyone listening or if you've seen it, but if you they have a video now that shows the difference between your standard Minecraft and the Super Duper graphics packet, I was even amazed. So it still looks like Minecraft, but the detail in the shadowing and the lighting and the, um, the blocks themselves, even the grass and everything, looks really, really impressive. The water looks amazing. So I was kind of amazed to see that they kept Minecraft style, but really, um, really sharpened it up in a lot of ways. So if you haven't seen that, go take a look. There's a lot of articles and and videos you can see to cover that. Um, The other one we didn't touch on was uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Yep. So Wisps, it's a pain in the ass to say. Uh, (laughs) The um, Ori and the Blind Forest, I loved. I 100%ed it or almost 100%ed it. Great game. Uh, Challenging, beautiful, great soundtrack this one touched a lot of people in the sense of the trailer like a lot of people were saying wow this was pretty uh pretty uh emotional in the sense that they opened with the the gentleman playing piano and uh led into this and it absolutely gorgeous trailer so i can only imagine what this is going to look like on the uh xbox one x and i'm I'm definitely a day one uh, buyer of that game as well so thoughts on those other kind of
0: smaller exclusives yeah so speaking of day one uh cuphead you touched on it uh, there's not even a second Thought on that one for me. Um, it looks awesome. I can't wait for it. It, it can't get here soon enough. Um, Minecraft. I, I still I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, I've mentioned it numerous times um, on not necessarily being an overrated game or anything. I just don't understand the hype behind it and how people can just play that nonstop. But people love it, and so you know, good for them. Uh, this is going to be cool for them to kind of see this in, in true 4K, um, and we'll kind of see it played out and um, other things coming from it. Um, Yeah, Ori, I I loved, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen when it comes to colors. So it's got so many different colors and the color palette used in general is really cool. Um, If they take advantage of the 4K HDR modes, um, people are just going to have their jaws drop when they watch this gameplay. So we didn't get to see much of the gameplay from the trailer at all. We just saw kind of the world. However, if you remember Ori 1, that is kind of the gameplay. What what you see from the trailer is what you kind of jump around with from from a... you know, side-scrolling platformer. So it's it looks really cool. Um, some other games that um, haven't been really concerned uh, 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 confirmed as a exclusive um, from it, it. will only be on Microsoft. That I was kind of blown away from from the smaller titles is the Last Night. Um, I think we got probably a minute and thirty second trailer from it. It's coming out later. Um, it has kind of an eight bit style. Um, but with new lighting features and kind of a, a different take on it, it looked awesome. Uh, that was one of my favorite trailers from all of E3, even though it was super short. But um, that game looked really cool. Yeah, it did. It looked amazing.
1: Um, it gave kind of, uh, almost said flashbacks, but flashback to the game we grew up with many years ago in the Genesis days of flashback. Um, it had that kind of, pixelated side scrolling look but the color and the i don't know the trailer was amazing like you said it kind of caught everyone off guard um couple other titles that really jumped out to me and uh, again I'm forgetting the name of th- there was a lot right um so losing my yeah, train of I thought think- uh metro exodus you know at the beginning of the trailer uh at the beginning of the conference excuse me kind of blew us all away that looked amazing developer 4a games has said that that's uh that was actually running on PC, but they highly believe that the exact look that you saw, that kind of 4K native, is possible on Xbox One X. So, no reason to believe they can't do that. Um, there was, uh, I think, the biggest announcement in terms of third party that uh, said console launch exclusive. So, I believe coming this year to Xbox and then next year, you know, I guess to PlayStation, what have you, is Battlegrounds, right? Battlegrounds is a huge sensation in gaming right now it's it's one of the top games on twitch every day um so that coming to xbox this year uh especially with mixer functionality as well is going to be i think a big win i'm really looking forward to finally playing that on console and they also mentioned that that will have an xbox one x update as well to bring it up to uh i don't know if they're doing 4k or not but uh you know to bring it up to really kind of high settings ultra settings if you will and then um there was one other I was going to mention. Oh, one one other um, thing worth mentioning on Minecraft that we didn't touch on is the fact that they announced, uh, you know, a lot of other features beyond the Super Duper Graphics Pack. They announced, uh, you know, worldwide servers, so server crossplay, and uh, community marketplace, so you can kind of create your own stuff and actually sell it in in the community for uh, uh, in Minecraft. But the the big news out of that, of course, which has made a lot of news lately on on sites, is that. Uh, Minecraft is going to be cross-play between PC, Xbox, the Switch, and um, and tablets. So basically every platform except PlayStation. And so, um, you know, Sony has kind of tried to come out and say why they're not doing that. It's been a lot of really lip service, and they're catching a lot of heat for not allowing that to be opened up. And it was also confirmed that Rocket League, you know, Rocket League developer Psyonix <clears throat> last year, I believe, said that they could turn on crossplay between the Xbox and PlayStation with the flip of a Switch. They could have it running in less than a day, but Sony won't allow them to do it. And so uh, with the Rocket League announcement on the Switch at the conference, they already have confirmed that Xbox, PC, and Switch players will be able to play together on Rocket League as well. So this is a big topic right now. I don't think we want to spend too much time on it, but I'm uh, curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, on that whole kind of debacle that Sony's facing right now.
0: Yeah, so if I remember correctly, the um, the lip service that they gave was that they needed to protect the audience that plays Sony games from um, whether it be verbal attacks or whatever. I don't think they went into that much detail, but that was kind of the assumption. Um, and they needed to protect the younger crowd as well, if I if remember that. The thing that kind of surprises yes. me about that is Sony has always advertised themselves as the console for adults, um, they have had software that has been for you know the younger crowd. However, they've always been the the mature console for gamers. And I think now what they're trying to position and kind of move themselves from is the uh, the, the console for all gamers, which is very interesting because um, the other consoles are Microsoft and Nintendo. Nintendo being the main console where the younger crowd has gone traditionally. So. I really don't know what it is. Uh, Sony has been kind of caught up in some of these um, non-gamer-friendly situations numerous times. If you remember the Fallout mod situation um, and, you know, the the Rocket League conversation that was brought up when Rocket League came to consoles. So um, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get stuck in a, in a fanboy reaction here. I, I, however, the social media was very telling as to who's going to support Sony no matter what they do. Um, But I I hope they change their mind on this kind of stuff. Um, You know, people that do have multiple consoles or whatever, and maybe their friends are on a different console, it'd be kind of cool to play with them. And with them being the only one left standing that is not doing that, um, I'm sure we're going to see other games that they're probably going to have the same stance on. So not very gamer friendly, but um, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. And then just to close out, I think, uh,
1: you know, like I said, there's over 40 games shown at Microsoft's conference. And we don't have time to touch on every one of them, but you can go out and find those videos uh, online or on. um, We cover some of them in our article on the site if you want to check that out as well. But the the big one we kind of mentioned earlier was Anthem. So uh, at the close of Microsoft's conference, the EA vice president came back on stage. We got a six or seven minute kind of a small mission look at Anthem. And I got to say it completely blew me away um you know the first question when it starts playing is wow is that actually the game uh the answer was yes and they kind of highlight you know a a brief story and they go and they get in their javelins they're called which are kind of like these almost like iron man level suits right and um you think okay they're gonna hit a loading screen they're gonna load into some mission and they just jump into this open world and take off and they go into the water at one point And you can see they're getting, like, XP bonuses for discovering new areas, and it's, like, fully explorable. And, uh, you know, we see some quick combat. We see a quick loot drop, which all looked, again, fantastic. And then they go to do a new mission, and you see, like, two of their buddies just drop in mid-game. Just, boom, right there. And then there's all four of them, full squad. And they take off, and it ends. And, um, like I said, this has gotten probably the most press, or right up there, top three of E3. And uh, I think, personally, it's the game that, that Maybe not surprised me the most, but definitely kind of uh, stuck in my mind the most or blew me away the most of E3 overall. It just looks amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on it.
0: Yeah, all the comparisons that I heard after seeing Anthem was, this is what Destiny should have been like. (laughs) Um, That was one of the big things. And then the other funny one that I I heard after uh, it was, is this what the team has been focusing on instead of Mass Effect? (laughs) So, uh, you know, Andromeda yes, with, yes that it release, is. <laughs> with, with Andromeda um, kind of having the, the negative launch that they had due to a number of things, not just the facial animation issue, um, Anthem just looks mind blowing. Um, uh, it did mention that this is exactly what it could look like on Xbox One X. Um, and. It, uh, we'll see if that is the final product. I really hope it is, as we see in most of these E3, uh, E3 conferences. It looks amazing when we first see it. It gets a little change, and then later, I don't think we're going to see Ubisoft um, proportions of a change, but I think we're going to see um, something very close to what we're seeing now with, with the newer consoles, like the Pro and the 1X. So I can't wait for it to come out. Um, we didn't get an official launch date. They said uh, 2018, is that right? Maybe fall 2018 is what we're looking at. Yeah, I'm guessing fall. They said fiscal year 2019. So, you know,
1: that means anything from April 1st next year through uh, the beginning of 2019. But I, I think given the size and scope of the game, we're probably looking at fall next year. And I just to comment on your comment about the one X. So EA, after the conferences, did come out and confirm that Anthem and Battlefield 1, all the footage that was shown of Battlefield 1, the new expansion, both of those were running at the show on Xbox One X's, not PCs. So that I found that interesting. So that just goes to show you that, uh, you know, the, the level of uh, graphical fidelity we can expect. And then um, one thing we forgot to touch on, which I'm a big fan of, I'm, I'm sure you are as well, and the crowd went nuts for, because it's been rumored for a long time, is original Xbox backwards compatibility. So, you know, Phil came out and um, he was talking about backwards compatibility, how well it's been adopted and expanding it. And, uh, you know, then the, the old kind of boot up or the original X came on the screen and the crowd went nuts. I think you saw half the crowd stand up and cheer. So I think they knew that was going to be a big moment for, you know, Xbox fans. It was. I loved it. Uh, they officially showed Crimson Skies but uh, and Fusion Frenzy are the only two titles they've confirmed so far, but they said there will be more. It's not going to be as big of a program as the 360 just due to the licensing and some things that that go on. But I think that's awesome. I mean, we're going back now 16 years, so you go back two generations and you'll be able to play all those games on on a single platform or a bunch of those games on a single platform. I think that's that's great.
0: Yeah, that that library of games there there's a ton of them that are actually really cool and I think we're we're seeing more and more of kind of the Phil Spencer change after the changing of the guard at uh, Microsoft with the Xbox and being able to play some of those games from 16 plus years ago. Is really, really cool. Um, We've even mentioned, I think I've mentioned two Xbox original games on some of my season reflection stuff that I hope we'd be able to play again. And here we are. Um, There's been some questions around the tech and how it works and if they're going to kind of emulate the same way that the the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility is. And it's not the same type of emulation as you would expect. They're literally running an Xbox 360 type console on the X1. So it'd be interesting to see if it's done the same way. Um, with Xbox, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, they did state that you'd be able to put your disc in the console and it would be able to kind of download the same way that the 360 is. So we'll just need to see what kind of games are coming,
1: yeah. Which is, which is again kind of incredible. I don't think people understand the engineering challenge that is, um, you know, to do something like that, and really it's especially for original Xbox um, games, you know, from a 360 standpoint, we it generates sales and does some other things for the companies, but from an original Xbox, a game like Crimson Skies, you know, I mean, this is really just a play for the fans and I I, I love it, I love it. So like yeah, I said, I th- I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was just going to say that, uh, you know, there were a bunch of other games shown uh, at the Microsoft conference, go check them out. But uh, we don't want to spend uh, too much time talking about that. So later on Sunday evening, which was a bizarre time, to be honest with you, uh, was the Bethesda conference. And uh, we're both here in the central time zone. And that represented 11 p.m. Um, And and the conference only ended up being like 40 minutes long. So I I don't know what happened in terms of scheduling there. I know they were originally supposed to go two hours earlier and something happened. So uh, kind of bizarre. And again, they showed some really neat stuff, but you know, when you're doing a 35-minute conference, 40-minute conference, I'm not sure if it's really worth having your own personal E3 conference for that, but maybe that's a discussion for another day. But they did show, show some really cool games. They opened with uh, Fallout 4 VR, which we had talked about previously, and Doom VR, um, which you know, if you've played Doom like we have, it's an incredibly fast-paced, tense game. Uh, I would have to imagine they're kind of dumbing that down a little bit for VR. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I think everyone would end up throwing up trying to play it, but uh, what do you think about, <laughs> you know, what do you think about uh, those games in VR?
0: Yeah. So um, I have kind of a weird take on the VR thing and it's, um, I, who who's the massive audience that's going to buy all these games, you know? So P- PlayStation VR has not sold that well. It's, it's sold decent and it, it's, it's been good. It's uh it's doing OK, but um, it seemed like they spent a lot of time on the VR stuff. And so to start with, Doom in VR um, sounds like an awesome concept and, and sounds good. But to your point, I can't imagine the number of people that are going to get motion sickness and be hacking stuff up midway through that game. Because uh, <laughs> I got motion sickness a couple times with a standard game. And people that were watching it could not watch Doom um, if they were not playing the game. So that'd be kind of interesting to see how crazy it gets. Um, with uh, Fallout, um, I've, I've said a couple times that the Fallout 4, the standard version, wasn't exactly pushing hardware very hard. Uh, to me, it was just a very a nicer Fallout 3 with some newer textures. So that should be a pretty easy transition for them. I think it'll be cool. Um, but to, to touch on the Bethesda conference in general, I'm kind of with you. I don't understand why they had their own conference on something that really wasn't even a presentation standpoint. Someone came out and spoke and then, they rolled pretty much a video for 35 minutes. Um, There's maybe one or two interruptions of those videos. But other than that, they could have just kind of done what Nintendo does that they're straight to the fans, release it in a video format, and just shown all their games coming. And it could have been that. But for how late we stayed up to watch that and uh, how much we paid for it at work the next day, I'm not sure if it was worth it in general.
1: Yeah. And I. I don't know. I don't know if uh, we'll see that next year out of them. It depends on their lineup, but it wouldn't surprise me. Make a good point about Nintendo. There's no reason Bethesda couldn't have done the same, especially with the the fan base that Bethesda games have, right? Between Doom, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Dishonored. There's a lot of hardcore fans there that would absolutely take the information, uh, you know, on a a conference more like Nintendo's, Nintendo Direct, than something like a, a big E3 production. Um, But they did show two new games that uh, were rumored, of course, and actually I think uh, even leaked ahead of time, but we got to see them extensively, and they both, to me at least, look incredible. And that is Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, and Evil Within 2. I am sad to say I didn't play the new Wolfensteins. I've heard nothing but good things about them. I know you you loved it, Bert. And then we both played Evil Within, uh, you know, really kind of creepy cool new take on like the japanese horror game the trailer for evil within 2 just looked it kind of blew me away you know it almost had that kind of uh very mysterious and creepy almost death stranding like trailer um but this game's actually coming sometime soon <laughs> uh, <laughs> um and uh wolfenstein just looks absolutely bonkers like it it's it just looks like it's completely out of control the whole time which is something you know from a single player first person shooter They have to do that, right? Because it doesn't have that hook of uh, multiplayer longevity. So they really have to have a a campaign that's exciting to play through. And it looks like it will be. And and even better, one thing to mention on both these games, but everything we saw at Bethesda, they confirmed, is every single thing they showed is releasing this year. So I think that's great. You know, we get uh, Wolfenstein on October
0: 27th, and we get Evil
1: Within 2 on October 13th. So two weeks apart on two big releases. So what do you think on those two?
0: Yeah, so kind of like you mentioned, I did play Wolfenstein 1, or I should say the, not, one, not the original Wolfenstein, but the the, the the most recent one, and I loved it. I played it through three times to get the different endings and everything. It was my favorite shooter until Doom came out um, from a single-player standpoint. It was it was kind of fantastic. Um, the trailer was really long, though, so that was kind of the thing I got. Um, I'm going to say this a few times this conference, but I got trailer fatigue in the trailer that I was watching. I was like okay well this is cool this is cool this is cool all right let's, let's let's do something else i don't know if it's the add of gamers these days that's kind of taken over but um it looks cool i i, I want to see more and i want to see it actually come out and, and reviewed and um i will be picking it up i'm not sure if it's a day one for me but it looks really neat um evil within 2 looked amazing to me it's uh, when we get to our favorite trailer part it was my favorite trailer from e3 uh, the music was amazing. Um, the way they transitioned to different areas, the trailer was amazing to me. Was almost art um, from that, and immediately, as you mentioned, I, I got the Death Stranding vibe, and a lot of people did. Um, but as you mentioned, that one's actually coming out soon. So, um, and yeah, I was the one thing that they did mention at the end is everything you saw today is coming out in 2017. So you mentioned it too. I think that's something we need to see more of for me. Threes and not just concepts and things like that that are coming in two to three years. So. Bravo to Bethesda for doing that however like I said I thought their conference was overall pretty weak We didn't get any um, you know surprises or anything outside of things that was already expected I think doom and VR was kind of a surprise I don't think anybody saw that coming um, however we, we've played that game to death already um, it's I'm not saying it's doomed uh, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it actually sells and if it ends up being um, an amazing uh, selling point for the vr world but it, it's a fun game if you haven't played it yet
1: yeah and then they um so they touched on uh quake champions you know beta has been going and that's uh pc only right now but again really fast-paced almost twitch shooter taking quake back to its core and they're they they highlighted the competitive scene there so that that was pretty neat uh they touched on a skyrim expansion for elder scrolls um the card game elder skulls legends so you know if you're a fan of that game and the ccg seem to be a big thing right now so that was neat uh they mentioned dishonored uh death of the outsider which originally as they were showing it i thought was going to be an expansion to Dishonored 2 but it turns out it's a standalone title that's coming in september so that's uh that's pretty neat as well if you're a fan of the dishonored franchise and then uh the big one which we expected and we talked about previously um on our pre-E3 special with Skyrim on the Switch. So we actually got to see it. We got to see it running. Um, you know, <laughs> there's varying opinions on this. I, I'm at the point now, especially with my sons playing it nonstop, where I'm kind of skyrim out. You know, I've I've moved on. I'm, I really... I, I can't play it anymore. I'm, I'm kind of worn out on it. Um, but it was cool to see it on the Switch. It was, I think, especially cool for Nintendo fans to see that... Uh, you know, they had a little Zelda kind of thing in the game where you can uh, have the Zelda uh, Link shield, excuse me, and Link's uh, uh, armor. So I don't know how extensive that integration is going to be, but that was pretty cool to see as well. And I know that's one you were uh, talking about before E3 as well.
0: To give you an idea of how long ago Skyrim released, um, Skyrim released back in 2011. Um, And here we are in 2017, still releasing Skyrim games. So how many times has Skyrim been re-released and everything? And I think it's cool that it's coming to the Switch. Obviously, Switch is a less powerful uh, console than what exists today uh, with uh, PlayStation 4. And even with the new Pro and Xbox One and X coming, it makes it even more um, weak. I think it's cool. Um, I think it's cool that we're going to get a a first-person single-player game that's got a ton of game that uh, I think the Switch is missing. However, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested in it. I want to see more about it. I've, um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, I'm Skyrimed out of just hearing about Skyrim for the past seven years. That's that's coming up, so um, we'll see. I think it looks cool, um, and it's cool to see it running finally versus just the concept that came out last year in January.
1: Yeah. So and that that pretty much covered the Bethesda conference. You know, like we said, they were short and sweet. I give them props for having their games coming out this year, um, but we'll we'll see what they do next year if they continue to have a, a full conference just for them. Moving into Monday, we saw uh, Ubisoft or Ubisoft uh, early on, and this one was pretty cool. Honestly, I you know I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, we kind of knew some of the games we were going to see, right? They announced those ahead of time, but um, the they actually opened with. Uh, Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which uh, <laughs> I got to admit, I, I thought it sounded crazy when you know the leaks first started. And then I saw it, and uh, I'm probably sold on it. I think it's neat. I think having a, a strategy game in that vein of a Mario game looks cool. I like that there's different weaponry and strategy and tactics and stuff. So hopefully, if it goes deep enough um, to hold my interest, I'll, I'll be a fan of that. But I thought it was really, really cool to see Miyamoto on stage You know he's a gaming legend, and uh, anytime he comes out and talks about something, people just have a big smile on their face, which I did. So, I thought that was a neat way to uh, to open their conference.
0: Yeah, Miyamoto coming out was one of my favorite moments of E3. The way he came out, people had no idea he was going to be there. He had his little gun on his hand when he (laughs) came out, and um, he uh, gave—gosh, I can't remember the Ubisoft CEO's name, but they have they have worked together over the years for so long. Um, He gave him one that was kind of a a prop. Um, for him to have. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and even midway through them talking about it, I kept wondering in my head, I was like, how is this going to work? Is this even cool? Is this weird? Is this strange? Um, and then they started showing the gameplay. And I was like, this is actually done pretty well. Um, and then the more people got to see it at the E3, uh, the more people are liking it. It's been compared to XCOM. Um, A lot and I love the XCOM series. Um, I've I've played both of them a lot and enjoy both of them If they do kind of an XCOM light and the consequences of losing your players aren't so um, Consequential like they are on XCOM. This might be something that people love So um, we'll see how it looks when it comes out Um, One of the cool things is that it's coming out in just a couple months. So August um, 29th, it's right around the corner um, it's something that I'm gonna definitely be paying close attention to. I may even pick up. So,
1: yeah, I, I think so as well. And you know, cool. The things for the Switch right now, and we both said this, is that just the having that uh, portable factor, you know, and being able to play the game almost like incentivizes me to buy a game for it. You know, um, I was traveling all this week, and sure enough, I was playing Zelda and Mario Kart on the uh, on the plane. So it's just, you know, it's one of those things. If it's a cool game and it has some depth to it, I'll, I'll definitely be picking it up. So then we got to see uh, more of Assassin's Creed Origins. We haven't really talked about this yet. I am uh, not a huge Assassin's Creed fan. I've only played a handful of them, um, but I'm pretty intrigued by this one. It definitely looks like they've put the time into this title to kind of uh, bring Assassin's Creed back into relevance. It, as we all know, it kind of you know started to get around Unity. Unity kind of catches the flack for a lot of the problems with Assassin's Creed. They took a year off and now they're coming back. But I think the uh, the mission that we got to see on this one and uh, you know, the lewd and some of the um, additions they made to it. I think it looks pretty good to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. I am an Assassin's Creed fan, but I fully admit that the series and franchise in general has kind of gone off the rails a number of times, even some of the older ones that I wasn't a big fan of, but uh, I've played all of them. Um, including Unity, which was a headache and a half. I actually had some of the glitches happen to me that were seen on social media where people's faces were falling apart and stuff. It was <laughs> super weird. Um, and I waited a while to buy that game, too. Uh, Black Flag being one of the most recent ones, that was fantastic, um, and also Syndicate, which was my favorite one of recent time. They've gotten better. Um, and with them taking a year off, I'm hoping that we get kind of just an amazing Assassin's Creed experience. Um, it kind of makes almost sense for them to go to Egypt. At some point, it had to happen. It's been talked about a number of times that they should have gone to Egypt. And so we have it here. Um, it's it's coming out this year. Um, I believe it's late October that we're expecting it. Um, and there there have been some conversations as to what are going to be the resolution and frame rates and stuff. Um, they haven't really been completely clear as to what the One X and the Pro are going to get when it comes to support. I believe some of the trailers that they were showing um were not exactly native 4k and they got some flack for that so that's not on microsoft or sony it's kind of what's coming from ubi on that and we'll kind of see more as it gets closer but i hope it looks as good and plays as well as has as been mentioned
1: yeah agreed. well i guess we'll see uh the crew 2 was uh shown for the first time uh kind of a a big trailer for it which was interesting and i we touched on this prior but i wasn't a big fan of the original crew, but this one, again, looks kind of interesting. Uh, you know, there seems like they're adding all sorts of different vehicles and uh, what appears to be a large world to race in. So uh, from boats and, and cars and all kinds of stuff. So, you know, with Need for Speed Payback coming, the Crew 2 coming, new Forza, new Project Cars, Gran Turismo, huge year for racing fans. So it'll be interesting to see how this one and Need for Speed Payback, excuse me. Um, actually differentiate themselves but if this one's done right and you can race all these different vehicles um, off road on road on water and uh, you can do that in co-op and with friends and there's some you know longevity to how you can kind of either level up or progress in the game I think it could be really cool.
0: Yeah, we we've, we've touched on the crew 1 before numerous times and launch form when that came out we were just scratching our heads as uh, what this is this is really coming out from from them, um, and then from what I understood, they'd made a lot of fixes to the game throughout the game's life, and, and the form it is now is actually pretty fun and playable. I, I just don't have the time to go back to Crew 1. Um, however, Cree 2, when it first started, I wasn't sure what it was, because it looked so pretty. The trailer is awesome. Um, when when it started in the conference, it looked like it was almost a real city that these guys were racing down. Um, and then all of a sudden, the airplanes and the boats and um, the track racing, I mean, they, they showed Indy and F1-type cars and other cars that are you know, found on the Touring series. Um, so it's not just your everyday car. So um, we'll see how this actually looks from it launches. I want to see what the lineup is from the cars, planes, boats. Um, I guess the only thing I'm missing is trains. But um, yeah, so <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> anyways. Um, it, it is what it is. It, it looks really, really cool. I, I just want to see more from it. Um, and uh, that's, I believe, early 2018. So still a ways away, um, but we don't have an official launch date.
1: Yes, yes. One uh, well, we do have an official launch date for, uh, and I'm going to let you talk about this one because I think I'm one yeah. of the few people in the world who, uh, who aren't a South Park fan. So go ahead and crucify me for that one. But uh, <laughs> coming on October 17th, finally, is the South Park uh, Fractured Butthole. So uh, what do you think about seeing uh, more of this finally?
0: i can't wait i have it pre-ordered i'm a day one buyer for it i love the first one the stick of truth i I actually played it twice uh first time i played it when it was on the 360. when it became backwards compatible i went back and played it again um if you're a south park fan in any form whatsoever this is a must buy for you Um, these are just amazing games from a story standpoint the gameplay actually makes sense and how you're playing it they've made a lot of improvements to the gameplay Um, as you mentioned coming out october 17th i hope that doesn't move again the release dates of this has changed twice before that, so um, I think they have everything figured out from gameplay and stuff, and um, I really cannot wait for this game to come out.
1: Nice. I'm, you know, I think uh, millions of people share the same thoughts, so I think I'm just the odd one out on that. Uh, the other one we knew about, of course, big controversial title for whatever reason is uh, Far Cry 5, so we got to see a lot more of that. Um, Again, it's similar, like I said, about Wolfenstein. It looks bonkers. Um, I love it. I, I think it's going to be a blast to play. I hope they do add some kind of n- uh, new wrinkles to the title rather than the traditional Far Cry uh, formula. But I think just given the setting and the craziness and everything being so over the top, I'll, I'll probably buy and just you know play it purely for fun. So I thought it was cool that we got to see more of that.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed Far Cry 5. Uh uh, stuff quite a bit we before e3 we had only seen the trailer we got to see some actual gameplay this time and it looks really really good the graphics look good um the frames per second were running really smooth i was it was kind of funny to see that one of the characters is a dog <laughs> and they'll be they'll be keeping you company and um it, it looks really cool so um i hope exactly what you're saying it's not the same formula of the tedious repetitive missions over and over just in a different area i hope they add some Some crazy stuff in the contents as far as story and where it's taking place. It interests me. It looks fun. So you're not going to get any hate from me on that one. (laughs) Uh, One of the big surprises uh, that didn't leak ahead of time
1: was Skull and Bones. So this is a uh, kind of pirate title that uh, Ubisoft said they've been working on for a few years now. And I believe with some of the development team behind AC Black Flag. You know, some of the people who worked on the kind of ship combat in that game. So this looks really interesting. Like I said, I didn't expect it. Um, between this and Sea of Thieves, we have two kind of large pirate titles that take a very different approach, you know, to the game. And I, I don't know. I think it could be a lot of fun based on what I saw.
0: Yeah, when we were talking about Sea of Thieves, I mentioned a, a more mature title compared to Sea Thieves. And Skull and Bones is actually the title I was talking about. Um, it looks really cool. I uh, loved... You, you mentioned you didn't play a lot of uh, Assassin's Creed games. I'm not sure if you ever touched Black Flag. But Black Flag's biggest highlight outside of the story and the island hopping that you could do was the ship combat. It was It was the best in the series. A lot of people were hoping that it would have it. And so the team has mentioned they, a lot of the team members from that are working on this one. The trailer did not disappoint in any form whatsoever. It looks really cool, a lot of detail. They did mention how it was multiplayer as well, and you could kind of go in with your friends with different tasks on the ship. So if you're a pirates type guy um, and enjoy that kind of stuff, this game is for you. It looks really cool. Um, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I may actually pick it up at launch if it continues to have some of the the content that they're saying it's going to have, so. I believe fall 2018 is what we're looking at for that one, though, so it's still a ways away. Yeah, that one's still a ways
1: out, which is fine, honestly. We have more games that we can play anyway, but, um, yeah, uh, Black Flag is one of the Assassin's Creed I did play, and uh, I loved... Uh, one of my favorite parts on that was when you get on the boat and you're just kind of sailing around and your crew just starts singing the shanties, you know? I thought that... I think everyone kind of loved that, so... I'm sure that'll be uh, a big part of um, Skull and Bones as well. And then, uh, you know, there's probably an announcement here that I know you don't care about, so we can probably just skip right oh, over man. it. Uh, <laughs> but they <laughs> they ended with uh, one of the biggest surprises, um, you know, of E3 overall, and that is Beyond Good and Evil Two. So it is actually coming. So again, I
0: let you touch on that one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um... <laughs> So, for me, this was a mic drop moment from Ubi. Um, And it was at the end, and it was kind of funny how emotional of a response it it got from a lot of people. There was people that actually screamed up and yelled in the crowd. Um, Some of the uh, editors from well-known sites all mentioned them, IGN, GameSpot. They immediately were talking about they were screaming and going crazy um, about this. So, um, it does have a different take. It is supposed to be a prequel to what happened in Beyond Good and Evil 1. Um, It's not a sequel in the sense to where um, it follows up what, what happened with Jade. Um, but it, the trailer looked amazing, um, and the original developer came out and mentioned this has been 15 years in the making. So to kind of give you an idea as to uh, how long it's been in the works, one of the things I found interesting is that it is a completely different take on what was worked on and shown at previous E3s years ago. So it makes me wonder if they literally scrapped everything they had before and kind of are working on something entirely new um, one of the negatives from it um, is we have no idea when it's releasing there was none mentioned um, there's not even a hint to it you know 19, uh, 2019 was not mentioned or anything um, and some of the people I've actually mentioned this is going to be a next-gen game so I hope that doesn't happen I hope it releases during the ps4 and Xbox one cycle um, but from what people have said in some uh, private backroom um Videos that they had seen at E3 um, that only certain people were invited to. They say that it looks just mind-blowing as to how beautiful it looks. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I was extremely excited. This is tied for one of my biggest surprises and most excited things for for uh, E3 of 2017. Um, to say I'm excited is an understatement. So can't wait to see more. Excellent. So then we moved into Monday, which
1: uh, is Sony was the uh you know, the main conference on, uh, Monday evening, excuse me. Um, they kind of kicked it off in a, in a unique fashion. People wondered how Sony would follow up to last year. So last year's conference for Sony got a lot of, uh, positive press, uh, as it usually does. But last year in particular for showing a whole bunch of new things, you know, um, that people didn't expect, which is great. Uh, they did catch some flack, uh, uh and I agree with it in the sense that they showed a bunch of things that didn't have release dates and things that may not even be coming for years yet. And we kind of touched on that before. So the question for this year was, are they going to do that again? Um, or are they going to kind of show an update to, to most of these games and hopefully give us some release dates finally. So they did closer to the latter. Um, we actually didn't get any really large surprises or announcements at Sony's conference. They, sh- they didn't show a massive amount of games. Um, but uh we did get a couple release dates but we're still lacking release dates for a surprising number of games as well so i don't know we'll kind of go through the games here and talk about it but uh you know the first one was uncharted lost legacy so we already knew that was coming uh on august 22nd excuse me um i think it looks great i'm really excited to play it uncharted it's one of my favorite series and uh that's a day one buy for me of course um but yeah, especially for $40, and they kind of reiterated the fact that this is a, uh, a full-length game. So it could be 8 to 10 to 12 hours of a single-player campaign. So I, I'm really looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah, my my I just want to start out by saying the E3 Sony conference this year was one of the weirdest conferences I've ever seen. Um, they had like live entertainment with split screen of the trailer, which is really strange. Um, Lost Legacy, where we've only touched on that one so far. They had some people coming out playing the instruments that are related to the game before the trailer even started, and you could see in the crowd people were like, "What the heck is going on?" Um, and then they did a lot of weird things with lighting. So some of the games that had water in them and stuff, the the lighting at the conference was kind of uh, would change to blue, and you would hear sound effects going on all over the place for for being Sony in this powerhouse, I was not a fan of the presentation that was uh, shown. Um, And the biggest thing I could say about this conference is trailer fatigue. I was exhausted watching trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer. Um, and while some people love it, and they're going to think Sony's the best thing all the time, I grew extremely bored throughout the conference, and there were some big titles. Um, we, you mentioned there was not many surprises. There was one kind of a surprise, and it was the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But that we had, uh, we had guessed that that was going to be one of the um, things coming just based on leaks that were around the web. So um, they had trademarked the name Shadow of Colossus. Um, but every other game... We knew was coming, we got to see more on some stuff, which was neat, but there was not really any surprises. Zero mic drop moments, um, zero crowd going crazy moments. You could actually see the fatigue in the crowd, not just at home for people that were watching it at home. Um, one thing that I do want to touch on before um, move on to other stuff is Sony released a lot of the games that we were wanting to see at the conference trailers before the conference started. So um, things like Knack 2, uh, Gran Turismo Sport um, was not even mentioned in the conference, and these are some of their biggest first-party software titles that people had been kind of waiting for um, and to see more on. Ace Combat was another one where we got a trailer before that, and I'm not sure if you were aware, but um, from a Sony perspective, Ace Combat is a massive franchise for them, and it sells really well uh, well around the world. So kind of a weird take on E3 for Sony this year. I, I They're not my worst conference of this year, but they're nowhere near the top. Um, when it comes to their content, so I'll kick it back to you on other stuff mentioned, but um, I was kind of taken aside by just their decisions this time. I don't know if they just decided to go on Super Cruise Control, just because they want to stick to, hey, we're the place to play all the games, but um, it was really strange for me.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. It was
0: uh, it
1: was kind of strange, and you could, as you said, you could see it in the crowd, and I know there's some big threads on Reddit and some other places that were kind of the same way, like almost shocked disappointment you know like they expect always expect so much out of sony and they came away this year like uh not really sure what that was but um regardless of that you already touched on it so we'll just touch on the games that they showed and and again most of these aren't surprises but it's cool to get to see them so we got uncharted coming we got to see the frozen wilds dlc for horizon zero dawn um you know probably my i would say second favorite game so far this year only behind prey uh, I platinum the game, love it to death. I'll be buying the DLC on, on day one when it comes out. And they said it's going to be only $15 as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, one of the big titles we saw last year, and we got to see again this year, a little more of it is Days Gone. So that's, uh, you know, Ben's Studio. And that's the the big title that I had actually predicted was coming this year. But again, there's, there's no release date for the title, no confirmed release date. Um, I don't know what to think of this one uh i was kind of 50 50 on the trailer i thought you know some of it looks really cool and then some of it looks kind of eh you know we've we've kind of seen this before so i think it'll take more seeing what the gameplay elements are hooks are uh, what type of systems they have layered into the world before i know if i'm gonna love it or not so uh i don't know what do you think about those two
0: yeah, so I, I think you misspelled prey with uh, Z E L D A. I think that was your number one game of the year. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, I think I misheard you there.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, they they sound similar,
0: so that happens. <laughs> uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. We we've talked about the DLC that we were hoping would be was coming for the game. I think the developer announced that they were working on DLC, so it's cool to see it. Uh, we both love Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a, it's both in our top three games of the year. Uh, my wife is actually still playing it, and, and she moves a lot slower through the game, but um, it just looks beautiful, and um, I, I can't wait to play more of it. Um, Days Gone, uh, I'm still not really sold on the game. It looks like another Uncharted clone for me, but with zombies this time. Um, while watching them play more of the actual gameplay versus kind of the tech demo they had last year, um, immediately I was thinking, wow, that could be Nathan Drake right there just running through the forest or whatever, and the graphics look very similar. Um, and like I said, I'm kind of zombied out. Um, so I, I, it looks cool. I hope to see more. Um, I'm not sold on it as of yet. Um, And kind of the the point to the release on it, I I can't see another 2018 E3 where they show Days Gone Again. Um, I mentioned that in our prediction stuff to where Sony has been showing the same games over and over at a lot of their E3s. And I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a spring 2018 release. I hope it does. If not, people are going to get kind of sick and tired of seeing the same thing over and over. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I mean... Sony sells games, um, no matter what. So we'll see what happens.
1: Then we had, um, you know, a couple other big titles, of course. So Shadow of the Colossus, you mentioned, and Sony did say that's a complete remake. It's just, it's not just a simple remaster. So that those games have a, again, like a cult-like following, uh, a group of people that just adore them. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's more of a fan service type thing, which is neat. Uh, God of War is obviously one of the huge titles. Um, we got to see more of it. It was a weird mix, though, as I, I watched it live. And then when I went back and watched it again, the God of War specifically, I noticed that there was a lot of almost trailer-esque moments, you know, movie-like moments. And then they slightly mixed in some gameplay. Um, so I, I don't know if what we saw uh, was real-time, you know, like the, the trailer piece. I didn't actually look that up or research that or if Sony said that. So I don't know if that was just a trailer or if that's actually what, you know, we're expecting in the game transitioning into gameplay. Uh, the gameplay itself, um, I don't know. God of Wars always been really over the top action game, you know violent and fast and everything and it looked it looked to be in that same vein, but it, it it wasn't overly impressive. I didn't there was nothing that really jumped out to me about the the gameplay they showed briefly. So we'll see. i, I have full faith that that game's gonna be amazing. Um, but again, no no release date on that one either. Um, I think that's another spring twenty eighteen title is that right?
0: uh they did mention early 2018 so definitely no no, nothing official from them as far as the release date yet
1: okay so another early 2018 title um and then uh you know other than god of war they also touched on some vr stuff which uh we kind of predicted prior to the show they did take time to touch on vr they spent actually a decent amount of time on vr um which you know i think is good it's the one piece of hardware i don't own but i it's nice to see sony at least kind of uh you know, put some more effort into it. They're not going to let it fade away like the Vita did, sadly. Um, so it, it was good to see some new titles. Uh, here we go with Skyrim again, you know, Skyrim VR. And I think that was expected, or maybe some people were looking at it as a big announcement. Meanwhile, I was, like I said earlier, just, I'm Skyrimed out. So I was like, eh, whatever. Um, they showed the inpatient, which looked like a creepy kind of, um, maybe psychological VR title. That interested me a lot more than Skyrim did. So um, it was just good to see them, you know, kind of come back to VR and, and uh, reinforce their um, their stance behind PSVR.
0: Yeah, so I'll mention VR really quick. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised at how much uh, they spent on VR. I think they spent close to 10 to 15 minutes on their VR titles. And um, when we were talking about predictions and our thoughts towards what Sony may do, we were kind of unsure if they were going to spend more time on VR um, the weird thing about the VR titles is almost none of them had release dates, so we have no idea when these games are coming out, um, and a lot of it was concepts. There weren't actual gameplay of what it could be. There was one they brought out that was extremely strange to me. I believe it was The Impatient, which had Elijah Wood. And there was maybe three to five seconds of actual gameplay of the VR game. A lot of, it other, a lot of the other stuff that was shown there was um, full motion video. Um, of, sorry, not full motion video, but actual video of them talking about the game. So to me, that was kind of strange. Uh, we didn't get any big titles. There there was one really, really, really strange VR title, and it was the Final Fantasy Fishing Game uh, for <laughs> VR. A lot of people were like, what the hell is going on um, with with what they have? So to kind of give you some background, that fishing game exists in the Final Fantasy 15 game, but not in a VR perspective. It's just a little side game that you can play here and there. For them to turn it into a full-blown VR game, um, scratching my head is, is the smallest uh, thing that I can kind of tell you about. So um, we're still not seeing any AAA VR games from PlayStation um, coming out. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, Skyrim came out in 2011. Um, so if this game comes out in 2018 or even 2019, whenever it decides to come out, we're looking at a game that's eight years old coming out on VR with a few remasters. So It's kind of weird, Um, I don't know how long you can push Skyrim and Fallout games um, on any of these consoles. So not specific to just Sony, but um, on Switch and stuff. So it's going to get old after a while, then we'll see how long that takes. Um, Really quick on uh, God of War before we move on. Um, I did hear the developer mention that they are trying to have more of a cinematic experience without HUDs. So um, we'll kind of see if that's what we saw um, from God of War. Uh, once again, this game has now been shown twice for the last two years. We'll see if we see it again at the 2018 E3 or if it comes out prior to that. Um, but yeah, some of the stuff that were mentioned is when you look at some of the weapons when he's fighting with, you're supposed to be able to see the, kind of the strength of that or if it's going to break soon or if it's going to hold or you know the, the strength of that weapon um, in the frame when you're playing the game. So, so to your point, I'm not sure if what we saw was all gameplay which you're going to be seeing live in the moment or if it had some gameplay mixed with some cinematics mixed in there. Um, God of War does have a lot of quick time events, um, so we'll see if that kind of continues and if we were just if they had taken out the HUD for those quick time events or what was happening. Um, but I have a feeling that's what happened. They've they've removed those things and there will be a HUD, but not as big as it existed in the past. So it looks great, though. I, I mean, I'm, I'm interested. I will probably be buying it day one. Great.
1: And then uh, two big, uh, two other big exclusives that we knew about, of course, were Detroit Become Human and Spider Man um so detroit become human i was actually really interested by going into the conference i think i mentioned it as one of my most anticipated uh, titles for the sony conference and they gave us a five or six minute gameplay demo and sadly i'm now less interested (laughs) so i don't i don't know why it didn't really strike me as anything interesting um you know we got a good look at it I, i just found the original trailer from last year to be a lot more intriguing than what we saw Out of the actual gameplay or the actual mission that they showed this year so um i don't know i i hope it turns out well i'm still going to be following it closely but uh you know i'm not too uh you know fascinated or interested in what i saw in terms of gameplay from that demo and then they ended the conference with uh spider-man it was a big production for them they did a a lengthy kind of gameplay demo and this is a title i'm not a huge uh comic book those games you know they don't interest me because they're comic books they have to be good games and i wasn't too interested in spider-man going into the show though i know many are Um, but now i'm actually more interested in that so i'm less interested in detroit more interested in spider-man i thought the gameplay looked like a lot of fun Um, you know it it had some quick time events in the uh the big scene at the end the big kind of chase scene but that that's not a big deal at all It, it almost looked like something out of uncharted where you have those huge grandiose scenes which i love and uh, just swinging around the city and and some of the other things looked really cool you know insomniac i believe has come out and said you know the the base of what they did some of what they did in sunset overdrive in terms of the traversal and everything they're they're putting to play in spider-man and it looks like it's going to be just uh just a blast so i thought that was pretty cool what are your thoughts on those two
0: yeah so um i'm kind of in the same boat when it comes to uh, detroit um that this is another trailer where the trailer was too long and I got exhausted watching the trailer. Um, and so, one of the things historically about this is they were kind of showing different uh, characters in the game that you're going to play. So, this is another character from Detroit Become Human. I think it looks cool, but one of the things that I noticed um, watching it is the facial animations are looking dated already and the game hasn't released yet. Um, funny enough, with games like Injustice 2 that have come out and we've been kind of spoiled with some amazing facial animations. Um, this game kind of rides on its facial animations and things have to be really, really good from that standpoint. And in watching this, I was like, wow, they don't look anything lifelike whatsoever. Now they are supposed to be androids, obviously. But um, I thought it was really strange that it looked worse um, than some of the games that exist already. Um, at the same time, I was not a huge fan of Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain. So I might be the wrong person to be asking about that. I own both of them. I tried to play both of them a number of times, and I couldn't get through either one of those. Um, Heavy Rain, or uh, sorry, Beyond Two Souls, I got further on than I did in Heavy Rain, but I don't know what it is. I just I can't get into these games, um, and I'm curious if uh, this one's going to change it for me. Um, Spider-Man, um, I think, looks amazing. I am a comic book guy, as you can probably see in the background. However, I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan, but all the Spider-Man games that have come out, have been either hit or miss. And this one does look good in watching the trailer. The two games that I compared it to the most were the Arkham series um, and Uncharted. So if they have that in there with a great Spider Man story, um, you've got me. I will be buying that right away. And I can't wait for it to come out. I want to see more. Um, so we. we'll see what happens from them. I think um, from Detroit Become Human, kind of a a downside on that one is we, again, don't have a release date. So that game has been talked about for over four years now, um, and we still don't have a release date. Um, Spider-Man has a release date of 2018. So going back to our our trivial questions that we were asking, some of us thought it was going to come out near the movie release. It's not. So it's um, way after uh, 2017 is what we're looking at. So 2018, we don't have a release date. We'll see when it actually comes out
1: yeah that's i was going to kind of close the conversation on sony with that is that you know everything we guessed around release dates and and expectations of this e3 showing more content and finally saying all right here's when some of these games are coming we still didn't really get we don't have any confirmed release date for detroit spider-man god of war days gone um none of these and in fact uh I, i believe most of those they said are 2018 so it uh, looks like they'll have a, either a big spring or, or big 2018. But in terms of later this year, you know, we have Uncharted coming in August. And uh, we know that the Frozen Wilds expansion for um, Horizon is supposedly coming later this year. But I, it it might make a little more sense or it might have shown uh, the light on why Sony um, made so many marketing deals for this year, you know, with Call of Duty and Star Wars Battlefront. Destiny. And, uh, and Destiny. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't look like from their side, from their publishing studios, they have a lot coming later this year. Um, so that maybe that makes sense. But anyway, yeah, I, the Sony conference, I don't know, found it weird. Um, you know, I, I forget the name of the guy, the, the, the head that came out there after they showed all these trailers. And he spoke just before Spider-Man played. And he came out and he said, woof. He, uh, he said something to the effect of, you know, need to calm down after all that gameplay. And the crowd barely even reacted. They, didn't, You know, it was just everyone just kind of sitting there. So like you said, it was very strange. There wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. Um, some of the games look great. I know Spider-Man is, is one of the titles that's like at the top of, uh, you know, a lot of the press's awards uh, up there with Anthem and a few others. So I thought Spider-Man looked great. Um, God of War looks cool. Um, but there, there wasn't a whole lot that really blew me away. The, the Monster Hunter World came out. Or the trailer I said was shown, but they've confirmed that's not exclusive. That's coming to Xbox as well. But it was cool to see it. Uh, I've never been gotten big into those games, but I may try that one. Um, but one thing just before closing, and it kind of goes back to your point on um, how people view Sony conferences. As E3, there's a, a publication. Uh, I'm not going to mention it by name, but I was watching their reactions to the E3 conferences, and they uh, they went through the Microsoft one as an example, and they were like, "Wow, you know, a lot of games and." you know, they were surprised and it was kind of, you know, tepid, uh, excitement. They got to the Sony conference and the same two guys or, uh, similar guys reacting to it. And they showed, it was about 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in, and they showed the monster, uh, monster hunter world game. And the guy said, in my book, Sony's already won. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking you just saw, you've seen two games, you're looking at a trailer that's uh not an exclusive it's just a game that's coming to both xbox and playstation and before the conference is even a third of the way over you're saying sony's won so i i thought that uh that comment was kind of telling you know there there is whether or not uh um you believe it or not i i believe that there's definitely some weird thoughts around e3 and 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 uh some i don't want to really use the word bias i guess you could but towards sony but this year i definitely thought that um you know, they, they kind of drop the ball a little bit.
0: I'll, I'll use the word bias. Um, I, have a whole, <laughs> I have a whole article on it on our site. No. Um, uh, yeah, so one thing I do want to mention, you mentioned that we're not sure what's coming from Sony. So this is kind of what I alluded to earlier in the conversation was a lot of games they released trailers for before the conference started. So some of the games coming out in the fall are Gran Turismo Sport and, get this, NAC 2. I'm sure <laughs> we're... We can't wait to play that one, right? <laughs> um, I feel uh, bad. For, I feel bad
1: for that game. It's become yeah. such a joke, and uh, you know, i I love platformers, so I'm, I'm hoping NAC2's good. But just the name alone almost drives uh, a, a laughter response from a lot of people, which it shouldn't. But I think that game's got to prove itself, so we'll we'll see.
0: Yeah, so one thing I want to mention uh, before we, we leave off on Sony, and I'm not beating them up too much. This is more of a Gran Turismo beat-up. So to kind of give you an idea of what you're getting from Gran Turismo after, gosh, how many years of development has it been from Polyphony? Um, it's been a while, and this, a is their, this is their first release on the PlayStation 4, and we've had the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One since 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 2013. So here's what you're getting at launch, guys. You're getting 140 cars and 15 tracks. Um, to compare to uh, Forza or even Project um, Cars, it's it's kind of a joke. Um, and they have mentioned that they're going to have uh, day and night lighting. Um, it's still to be determined if we're going to have any car damage like we have in other racers. And if you notice, I'm not even mentioning Forza here as, as even though that's their direct competitor. But we've seen a lot of other car racing games enter the racing realm. Um, since all these other games have kind of taken off. They have all that. So I do know that there's a huge fanboy battle between Forza and Gran Turismo. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say I'll probably pick up Gran Turismo. I'm not sure how fast I'll pick it up. It is getting full 4K and HDR support. um, So that's pretty nice to hear. Um, And it is coming in the fall. So um, I think the content's kind of light on it and I'm probably going to catch some flack on it for whatever reason, uh, Digital Foundry has done a lot of uh, research on you know, what is the new stuff that we're getting from Gran Turismo that we didn't get from Gran Turismo 6, uh, which released on PS3. And I just encourage you to watch that video. The results are telling. Um, and it is what it is when it comes to Polyphony Digital. Um, they take a while to develop games. I just hope that everybody's happy with what they release. So with that, I'll I'll leave off on Sony. Um, Like I said, I thought their presentation was extremely weird. Um, The live stage content with what's going on the stage was really weird to me. I don't know what that does for people that are at home, um, aside from the few thousands that were at the conference. Good for them. The rest of us were kind of just scratching our heads through a lot of it. Um, Once again, not the worst conference, but definitely nowhere near the top.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know, on Gran Turismo in particular, not Sony, but uh, I was going to say I'll back you up. I, I, am been outspoken on Gran Turismo since about Title Four. You know, Title Four on PlayStation Two was a was a big thing, and since then they've fallen into irrelevance. I mean, they just they're not in the game anymore, as far as I'm concerned. They're, they're, it's not one of the top racing titles. I wouldn't even say it's you know, from what I've seen out of Project Cars Two. Uh, that's coming out later this year and that the development that's gone into that and some of the behavior and the cars and everything i'm unless gran turismo shows me something impressive i would say that project cars is a much smaller studio from what i understand has already surpassed gt um it's in my book it's not even a competition i think that's true if you talk to car guys online guys who actually are into cars who actually race force has been the the title for a while and they just they have a huge development force they work with all kinds of manufacturers we saw the porsche announcement um they worked with pirelli on tire you know on on forza six on the tire modeling and uh they're just it's a different world nowadays um gran turismo one and two i think all of us as car guys will fondly remember forever because they changed the game but um they're not relevant anymore so And GT Sport, you know, everyone thought maybe that's the game that makes them relevant in the car racing genre again. uh, From what you just, you know, from what we've seen and you just explained, I don't think it is. So, anyway, we'll move on. Um, Nintendo. So, Nintendo, you know, had Nintendo Direct, not uh, one of the major conferences, but they showed some really good stuff, um, as we kind of commented. Switch has a a promising future, and I think they reinforced that. Between showing uh, Mario Rabbids Battle at... uh, Ubisoft's conference. And then we finally got to see the big one, right? Super Mario Odyssey. So it's uh, getting a lot of positivity, a lot of positive press on it. I'm impressed. It's the game I bought a Switch for, which I already talked about. Um, It's simple. I can't wait. It's coming this year, October 27th. Um, I'll be there day one. I'll probably even take a day or two off of work to play, you know, just to get into it a little bit. So I, I can't wait for it.
0: Yeah, so Nintendo, obviously not the uh, same conference format as the rest of the ones. They goes directly to the, I think they even call it Nintendo Direct, um, uh, to the consumers. And they were my surprise conference, the V3, in the sense of the amount of content that they have coming from a first-party standpoint. Now They get kind of an unfair advantage there because most of their software is only first-party uh, content. Um, But if we go back to our uh, predictions and wants from Nintendo, we thought that they were going to kind of ride on the arms and Splatoon 2 ride until Mario releases. Um, And no, we have other software that is actually coming out before then. um, And the Switch is getting a lot more content than we expected in general um, before that. So in in previous Nintendo Wii and Wii U, the droughts were massive between first-party software releasing in other first-party software. So to kind of give you guys an idea, um, this is not touched on our article, but obviously you have um, Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom game coming out in August. Um, We have some um, official release date for Mario is October 27th. So I initially, or the original release date was December 31st, 2017. And I did mention that's a placeholder for Nintendo. But now we have a, official release date coming right around the corner. So that's gonna be awesome. They've had tons of gameplay on it already. Um, and one of the things uh, that kind of impresses me is that the game's actually co-op. You can play it with somebody else in the same room and you can control um, the hat and Mario separately. So I thought that was really cool. Um, we're both day one buyers for that. Uh, I think we are we can't wait. Um, and before I bump it back to you on other stuff, one of the things that I was surprised at with Nintendo was they didn't just focus on the switch they also talked about handheld titles coming out so as we kind of know or don't know uh the handheld market for nintendo they are number one by far um, when it comes to handheld units sold and they are not abandoning that and they didn't really focus too much on the 2ds hardware coming out here in july um but they did supported with a whole bunch of games coming for the actual handheld so i was really impressed with nintendo they are kind of my surprise for e3 uh even more that their console was under 30 minutes long and they were able to kind of give us so much so i'll bump back to you and you can kind of talk about some of the other titles coming out
1: yeah no i agree i think they showed a lot in the time they had and they they made efficient use of it which was great um So we got some other kind of big announcements. Uh, You know, we saw that Yoshi's coming and Kirby are coming. Uh, I don't think we have dates on either of those titles yet, but, um, you know, it's good to see. (laughs) I
0: can't...
1: I'm laughing because uh, when we did the trivia last week and we guessed what character would return for Nintendo, um, I mentioned, you know, I don't think we'll see Kirby or or anything. uh, And I guess Pikmin, and they showed, you know, pretty much every Nintendo character except Pikmin. So I think I failed miserably at that one. Um, But we saw Yoshi and Kirby coming um xenoblade chronicles 2 you know uh, kind of jrpg coming to this platform we saw rocket league um, and skyrim are making their way to switch i think both this year as well and we saw the expansion pass for zelda so uh we got a date of june 30th for the first expansion pass for for zelda which is only you know about two weeks from now and then they said the other uh the second part of the expansion pass will come this year as well so again, we're looking at, at great stuff, right? We, we've got several games there, including the big expansions and big title and Mario coming this year. So uh, I think that's great. Um, any thoughts on, uh, you know, <laughs> I know Zelda's your game of the year. Um, any thoughts so on far. that? Ex- so far. And, uh, yeah. That expansion pass or, or Kirby Yoshi. I, I think Kirby Yoshi, you know, we don't really know too much about yet and they were kind of expected if you know Nintendo, but uh, specifically with Zelda. Anything uh, that interests you there?
0: Yeah, so the content looks cool on Zelda. Um, I've played that game to death already. I'm already at 80-plus hours on it, and um, the DLC's cool. I need to kind of think about how much it's going to suck me back in just to play the DLC. It's not really any new story content. It's stuff that you can do with the existing game. So if there was more of a, a story content or maybe a new side mission or something big, Um, then it would probably get me back in there. But I think they waited a little bit too long for that first DLC pack to come out from release, which is kind of a negative for me. But uh, we'll see if I get back to it. I I have a massive backlog, so I just need to see if I'm gonna come back into it. Um, My other uh, game that I predicted, thankfully, um, that would be coming is the Metroid. So uh, Metroid Prime 4 is on the way. Uh, They did not give any details whatsoever on a release date um, or when it was even coming. All it said was, uh, let me actually find the exact script of what it said, unless you remember. Here it is, now in development. So we have have no idea when that's coming. I think they out-Sonyed Sony on that one. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, and the, the teaser was a 30 seconds four that came, and then Metroid Prime came over it. So that one got a massive fan reaction. Um, people have loved the Prime series, and I think that was the only way they could have gone for a console release. Um, we did get a handheld release, um, which uh, is a remake of Metroid Prime. Uh, not sorry, Not Metroid Prime. Metroid 2. That was on the Game Boy. So for a game, Samus
1: Returns, I think. Yeah,
0: Samus Returns, correct. Um, And people that have played it said it's better than the first one. Obviously, with the tech that exists today, compared to the Game Boy days, is going to be cool. But it's cool that they're supporting that. I'm wondering if that's kind of like a test bed to kind of see how much people love Metroid and if if Samus returning is a big deal or if it's just kind of a whatever for them. But I, it with every Nintendo release that comes back, I've I've mentioned it before. There's rabid fans for Nintendo content, and they're just going to eat it up. So um let's see, there was a couple other Nintendo surprises or not surprises, but we saw Um, more stuff on.
1: Yeah, Sonic Forces
0: was one. Yeah.
1: So Sonic Forces being I've mentioned this before, but being an old Sega guy, it almost uh was a stab in the heart a little bit to see Sega publishing their core mascot character as an exclusive title on a Nintendo platform. If you go back to the nineties, it's just hilarious to think about. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think it's cool. Right. And, and, and I was even laughing secondarily because uh, in our trivia, our pre three trivia, uh, Jordan jokingly said that we'll see Sonic on Nintendo stage as a mascot that's shown. And sure enough, we got a new Sonic game. So I think you guys just set me up on that one. I, I don't think uh, that was fair at all. If you knew this was coming, you should have told me ahead of time.
0: Yeah, so one thing about that is there's actually two different Sonic games coming. The other one we've we've known about is the 2D that's actually going to play in the old school graphics, but it is an entirely new Sonic story and, and game. Um, yeah, and Sonic, other, Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania. And then Sonic Forces is a whole new uh, story uh, from a 3D perspective um, uh, gameplay. So it's different. So just not to confuse the two. Um, yeah. and One of the things that I did want to mention is a lot of these games are coming in 2017. So Sonic Forces is holiday 2017. Um, There is Fire Emblem, I believe Warriors is a title. That is also holiday 2017, if not fall 2017. Um, Obviously Mario coming. Um, So our our prediction of a potential small drought with a lot of ports coming from Wii U was completely wrong. There was not one Wii U port mentioned at E3 um, from their conference. So that's good news um in that sense
1: yeah that's a good good point i hadn't considered or even kind of reflected on us saying that yeah we didn't see smash brothers either did we so um yeah it's good no i think nintendo did, did a good job uh they definitely surprised me with you know we knew we were going to see odyssey but we didn't know what else we would see so i think the fact that we saw so much in such a little time and with so many things coming this year is cool metroid prime 4 goes without saying that's a huge announcement um i've really outspoken before that i don't like uh companies announcing games you know years in advance i think that's really silly um i will say however if you are going to do it don't give me like a five or ten minute trailer that may have nothing to do with the what the game's going to be in three years time just this uh simple kind of metroid prime 4 it's in development um i thought was at least better than that so pretty cool i'm I'm pretty happy really looking forward to mario i'll keep saying it. but, uh, yeah, I think they did a good job.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, that's our um, our bulk of the shows of us of, of going through each one of them. Uh, we're going kind of long today, so I wanted to go through some kind of quick-fire questions as to what we thought were our favorite things from E3 in general. So the first one I want to talk about is what is your favorite announcement slash game uh, from E3? Let's start with you. What, do you, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um couple come to mind, but because uh, there was no Halo or or Gears content shown, which is kind of crazy in its own right, right? A Microsoft E3 with no Halo and no Gears. Um, But I have to say Anthem. Anthem just blew me away. Uh, Bioware is is, uh, that studio that did the Mass Effect trilogy is amazing. The writer of Mass Effect 1 and 2 is actually writing the story for that game. So I don't think it's going to be like Destiny where it's just core gameplay and the story was kind of eh. you know, I'm, I'm just, I think that's going to be
0: amazing. You? I'm actually with you as well. Anthem blew me away. I think uh, with me not loving Destiny and wishing Mass Effect was better, we're kind of getting this out of that, um, being that this is kind of a competitor to Destiny. So I'm with you on Anthem altogether. I think it looks awesome. I think it's still a ways away, so we need to see more on it. But from E3, as far as an announcement goes, that's my number one announcement. There's a Metroid Prime 4 was close, but being that we know nothing about it aside from a 4 fading in, um, I can't have that as my number one. All right, uh, next question. Uh, What is your least favorite thing and overall things that you were kind of uh, unimpressed with uh, when it comes to E3? Um, Yeah, I think
1: uh, we kind of just touched on it, but I was hoping to get at least uh, Spider-Man and or Days Gone or at least one or two of the big Sony exclusives uh, this year and not having any... Any coming this year outside of Uncharted, which we already knew, seems odd to me. So uh, that was that was disappointing, and I was, like I said, I was disappointed with the demo of Detroit. I was really looking forward to that game. I thought it was going to be really really cool. And after seeing that gameplay demo, I'm, I'm not not impressed at all. They they're going to have to show me something else for me to kind of regain interest in that game.
0: Yeah, mine would actually be the uh, old content that continues to be recycled. Uh, Skyrim's a good example. Fallout's a good example. Um, And I think another thing is there were some developers and some console conferences that went on cruise control in general that I was kind of unimpressed with. So uh, it's kind of a general statement versus overall. So that's my uh, least thing. Um, Okay, so this is a next question. What is your favorite conference and why? So this isn't exactly who won E3. I think we want to Kind of stay away from labeling someone want it um but what was your favorite one which one did you have the most fun with hey you
1: can't win e3 i always thought you know those are click big titles i hate that nonsense so my favorite um i have to say microsoft just because of hardware um you know I, I buy all the new hardware i've i'm one of those people that's been asking for years for either sony or microsoft to make a console that's as powerful as a mid to mid to high level PC, even if it has to be more expensive. You know, I was willing to pay six, $700 for a console. I don't mind because you'll spend $1,500 on a, on a good gaming PC. So a $600 console that can, you know, have plug and play capability uh, with that type of power. You know, the fact that uh, Xbox One X is being heavily touted by developers, the more E3 week went on, this week went on. We heard from more and more developers saying this thing is amazing and it's $499. Give me a break. Um, I love it. Uh, combined with all the games they showed. You know, they showed all the big ones we expected. Um, They had Anthem on their stage, but then they also showed a whole bunch of uh, mix of titles like indies and and other little things, you know, Ori and uh, Deep Rock Galactic and a whole bunch of others I'm going to forget right now. Um, But I just thought that the breadth of what they showed was far beyond any of the other conferences
0: in terms of the style and, and different types of games. So that was mine. Yeah, so I actually have a tie um, for my favorite ones, and it's Microsoft and Nintendo. Um, Microsoft, we had been waiting so much about the Scorpio, now the One X, um, and the amount of content that they showed with a mix of different stuff. I I like the flow of the overall conference a lot more than the other ones. Um, And the thing I liked about Nintendo, just as much as it was short, they had a ton of content and a surprise of what's coming out for Nintendo Switch and the 2DS and the 3DS. For the rest of 2017 going into 2018 so i think they've kind of laid out kind of something that's really hard to do when you're going against sony and microsoft they've kind of found that niche and then they've done really well so i like both of those equally for what they brought to the table um yeah so kind of going on the thing what was your least
1: favorite conference <laughs> and uh, why so. so i think i have a tie on this one so mine is uh sony and bethesda um sony for the reasons we already said uh you know it was just a weird setup um, it, it almost felt boring through it. Um, the trailers were too long, like you said, and uh, we didn't really get anything new or, 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 I don't know, necessarily hugely exciting. So I think they kind of, they kind of uh, went so crazy last year with new stuff. They they backed themselves into a corner this year. Uh, and then Bethesda, like we said, uh, the Bethesda games they showed, especially Evil Within Two and Wolfenstein Two, looked fantastic. Really excited for them. But the conference itself just seemed like a waste of time. They didn't really need to do that.
0: Yeah, so mine, mine for uh, lease is also a tie, um, and it's actually EA and Bethesda. Um, Bethesda, gosh, it was, it was just kind of weird. Um, and the fact that, it, like I said, it could have just been a video that they sent us, and we could have just watched all the trailers. And um, there was only like one or two games that I was excited about in the entire thing, and there were trailers with very little actual game content They were just a trailer. Um, and EA just continues to be really weird for me. Um, everything from opening with a band coming out, and some of it just being nothing but sports. Um, so if you're a big sports guy, you probably loved um, EA. But I, I, I'm not a big sports gaming type of guy. I play a lot of sports in real life, but not that big a deal. And once again, there was only one or two games from EA that even got me excited, and that was Battlefront. However, we already knew what we were getting, and we kind of have an idea of what it's going to be like after Battlefield One. So nothing really surprised me. However, it looked cool. Um, so those are don't go hand-in-hand for me as far as an awesome conference. Um, So that's it for least favorite. So what was your biggest surprise? And uh, this is, once again, it's not title-based. It's more about, like, uh, the flow, and and what do you think about E3 in general?
1: Yeah, I don't think there was anything too crazy or maybe i'm forgetting something but uh nothing that really per conference jumped out to me the one thing i I guess you could kind of say it's software related but it's not a title is uh original xbox uh backwards compatibility it's something that fans have been asking for for a while um it's kind of been rumored but only in the sense that people wanted it you know microsoft really never gave any big hints they actually said it's incredibly hard to do and there's you know a small market for it but uh the fact that they actually announced it and they're they're doing it is i think was great big surprise and like i said the crowd went nuts for it
0: yeah that's that's actually great that's a great idea i didn't even think about that i should have thought about that um my biggest thing and um it was a surprise that uh is based on social media is the fact that e3 was open to the public now um and that it was packed um so some people were mentioning that even walking through the conference was tough, and people were just standing and stopping looking at their phones, and people were getting upset about that. And some of the lines to demo games were just insane. So I'll be curious to see if they cut the, um, the number of public tickets down a little less than was this year. It's cool for gamers, but it makes the conference really tough. So um, that's my biggest surprise, as I didn't know how it was going to go with it being open to them. Um, okay, so what is your biggest surprise in software? What, what surprised you the most?
1: Uh, I think from an impressive perspective, I'd say Anthem again, but in terms of like unexpected, uh, I would probably have to say Metroid Prime 4. Um, you know, you had mentioned that you wanted to see it and we're hoping to see it. I just didn't think that that's something Nintendo would be actively working on. So I thought that announcement was really cool. As we said, we have no gameplay. We have no date. Uh, it could be years away, uh, but I think in terms of surprises, that's up there. I I might say it's a tie with that and Beyond Good and Evil 2. You know, both of those were just like holy crap moments. Um, so I think uh, I think those types of announcements are things that I uh, really make E three for me. I love that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's exactly where I was going with uh, Beyond Good and Evil two and Metroid Prime four. So some of my favorite series ever um, were the surprises. I didn't even see those coming. I didn't even think there were. I didn't think Metroid Prime was going to be mentioned. I thought Samus was coming back in some form but not Metroid Prime 4, so great to hear that. And obviously, Beyond Good and Evil 2, a little tear came down when that when that came up. So uh, <laughs> I was mega excited. Um, all right, so a couple more questions left. Uh, quick fire on this one. So the game you're most excited for that's coming out in 2017 that was mentioned at uh, E3, so not just in general, but what are you most excited for coming? Oh, man. Um... I don't honestly know if you <laughs> uh
1: there's there's a few um do you have do you know yours go go with yours and i'll keep thinking if you know what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah so i have kind of a, a a three-way tie which is how excited i am for the fall coming i have south park fractured butthole um which is i heard those really close those last two words uh <laughs> mario um which i think we're all excited for we just weren't sure when the release date was coming so i'm glad they nailed it down on there um, and then funny enough, another one that I, I, I didn't think I was going to be excited for as much is Forza 7. So I, I can't wait to play that, to see that, and all the new game modes and stuff coming. So I have a three-way tie, which is probably too much. And there's a ton of other stuff coming out that was finally nailed down for 2017. But that's what I'm most excited for at the moment.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, I think Mario is uh, up there for me. If not number one, I probably have a tie as well. I'm, I'm really excited about Cuphead, if you couldn't tell um glad we finally have a release date for that and i'm I'm really excited honestly to play battlegrounds i think that uh given the popularity of that game how much people rave about it um they did confirm it's the full game you know on xbox one just like it is on pc so 100 player and you can kind of uh battle royale i think just how competitive i am um I think that that's one once i start really getting into it i think that may kind of take over for me so i'm excited about that if i had to give uh one more shout out and maybe star wars battlefront 2. i think the game looks fantastic i know you and i are getting it we've got some buddies who are getting it yep. i think uh i think that's gonna be a big party game for us a lot of a lot of time on that one so that's probably what i put out there
0: all right good points there um yeah we have some friends that that's what excited them the most was battlefront for e3 um, okay, so uh, two more questions. Last one uh, regarding releases. Uh, so, how about stuff that was coming from 2018 and further on um, at E3? Did anything jump out at you that you can't wait for? I think I, had, I don't know where you're going, but.
1: Yeah, Anthem, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think uh, we didn't see it at E3, so it, it can't answer the question. But my most anticipated game of 2018, given the timeline and given what's expected, will be Halo 6. It's ah. me. Um, assuming that Halo Six is coming next fall, which it probably is, that'll be my number one game far and away. There's nothing that'll touch it. But based on what we we saw at E three, it's, it's definitely Anthem. Um I don't no other game kinda got me so hyped for uh for diving into the world as that did.
0: Yeah, I got one that'll throw a wrench in your I got a couple that throw a wrench in your idea there. Uh that little <laughs> picture you have next to your PC behind you. It wasn't announced or anything at E three, but uh Red Dead Redemption is going to steal our, our times. I'm, I'm wondering if that'll take away from our excitement of Anthem, but I, I doubt it.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I had forgotten about it as, again, I, sitting right next to the damn thing. Um, <laughs> luckily, luckily that's coming in spring, so if all goes well and I had my way, we'll get... Uh, We'll get uh, that in
0: spring and uh, Halo 6 and Anthem in the fall. So then I only need three games all year. So good to go. There you go. Yeah, Anthem's mine too. Um, and to throw another wrench in the thing that we just don't know anything about yet, uh, but it is teased for 2018. But I think it's going to be 2019. Spring is Last of Us 2. Um, yeah. We didn't hear a thing from the at 3 We were kind of hoping we'd see something, maybe another longer trailer. In our biggest dreams, we were hoping for some gameplay, but nothing. So we'll see when that actually comes out
1: yeah they the only thing i did see that you're right we didn't see anything at e3 i did see an interview with someone from naughty dog and they said that the team is finishing up uncharted lost legacy so they're working on last of us 2 but the whole team's not working on it yet until they ship lost legacy so just given how big of a title that is for sony and naughty dog i don't think we see that in 2018 i'll put that flag down right now that's a 2019 title
0: yeah, I'm guessing, and this isn't a prediction, it's just a simple spring 2019, I think is when we're going to actually see that, if not fall 2019. Um, okay, so last last question is, what was your favorite trailer um, for overall? So not necessarily your favorite game, but what was just the trailer that you loved the most from the uh, conference? <sighs> First one that popped in my head is Anthem
1: again. Um, I thought that was great. I mean, that was more of a gameplay demo. So um, the last night, you know, really jumped out to me. It's an indie game, but it really took me by surprise. I think if I had to pick one, though, and, and I'm not even a huge uh, fan of the series, but the Metro trailer was amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that just looked fantastic, so I'm likely forgetting one that I love. Those are the things that jump out right away, though.
0: Yeah, so mine is Evil Within 2. Um, Uh, I'm love. i changing my answer yeah (laughs) (laughs) because I told you I'd forget
1: one yeah Evil Within 2's trailer was incredible
0: yeah I was mind blown and the way they mixed that song with the three different vocals in it and uh, the way everything flowed together it was just awesome Evil Within 2 stole it for me Um, however there is a small part of me that wants to do the last night up there the once again the music was awesome the the way they floated the lighting and everything was just great um, it's just so short, so it's hard to to outdo Evil Within Two for me. Yeah, yeah, and the the Wolfenstein Two gameplay
1: demo, see, it's not really a trailer again, but that that just looked nuts. Um, I think, yeah, I think Spider Man would be up there too. Really enjoyed Spider Man's uh, finally getting to see that in action.
0: Yeah, the one thing that was a negative for me on the Wolfenstein one it was just too long. Um, yeah, it, was I, it I, was. I got I got tired halfway through. I was like, this is cool. I love the game, but I'm just I'm over it now.
1: All right, so uh, anything else you want to mention about E3 before we close out?
0: No, I just want to mention that I hopefully everybody had a good time on it. Um, I know a lot of these things turn into fanboy um, conversations between all, all different makers, Nintendo, Microsoft. I just hope that everybody realizes it's what's best for gamers in general. Um, we learned a lot of stuff. We also didn't get a lot of stuff on a lot of games, so um, hopefully everybody had a good time watching it and following our content if you follow it. So thanks
1: yeah i was gonna say the same thing uh, the whole you know picking a platform and just only following stuff is ridiculous uh, e3 is great for everyone um gamers in particular we get all of these companies coming out to show us everything they're working on and i just love it i watched every conference i probably watch every conference multiple times um it's great so yeah um it's kind of a shame it's over now you know, I was always looking for D3 and it's almost like Christmas comes and goes. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find an overview of each conference on our site, including the the, the official trailers uh, and, and some little write-ups on our thoughts. Um, <clears throat> we are going to be uh, doing, getting back to our normal schedule on BitCast here after this week. So you'll see uh, our standard format coming back on the next episode. And then, as we always say, you know, if you if you like this content, this video, you can find it on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you like it, please rate it, uh, subscribe. Um, you know, we we don't do it for ads or anything of the like. We just you know like to see that people are appreciating it. If there's anything you'd like to see done differently, let us know. And then, as always, uh, check out the site. So some things up there. There's some new editorials are coming, and um, you can uh, you can find us on the site or on our Facebook group. Uh, that's uh, Groups on Facebook, Season Gaming, and it's a, uh, it's you know, kind of a mature place to talk about games as well. So if you want to join us on there, please do. As always, you can find Bert and I on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm Portia Power, he's Tribem3, and uh, thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, everybody.